At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What up, what up? How's it going, everybody? Another episode of Silver Screen Breakdowns. I'm Alex. Hey, I'm Bogart from the Vadio. Yeah, yeah, and we got a special guest in the building. We got Neon Peacock in the building. El el gallo, el gallo, uh, something else. Not negro, not negro, because I'm a peacock. It's a little more colorful, so you know, el el gallo, something. But you know, pretty close. Uh, el, el, el peacock in Spanish is actually el pavo real, which is like the real bird or some shit. I don't know what it translates to, but anyways. The Rasa is here. I'm backing you guys up for this special edition. One of my favorite movies of all time. So, you know, that's how we do it. Oh, yeah. So we're, covering, we're covering Blood In, Blood Out. And uh, if you guys watched, we, we had a, a gangster movie, Bracketology. It actually made it really, really far. And it was because of me and Peacock really just pushing it all the way. And uh, it's one of my favorite gangster movies of all time. And uh, I know, Bogey, you said you haven't seen this since, like, the 90s, since, like, it came out. What was your first impression after watching it again? Um, Just, you know, just just how crazy uh, it is, the difference of rules. You know what I mean? Like, you from the streets, you know, you could beef with other, other videos, you know what I mean? And then, you, once you get inside, you know what I mean? As in, you know, the pinta way, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, hey they, they got to click up, you know what I mean? Because that's just how it is. That's just, you know what I mean? It's it's just a different world. You know what I mean? And that, and uh, I was really shocked because maybe I don't remember a lot of this, but like the homosexual innuendos was like through the roof. You know what I mean? And like on some gangster ass shit. You know what I mean? I mean, a lot of it wasn't even innuendos. A lot of yeah, it was really straightforward. I was going to say, when you're locked up and it's nothing but a bunch of vatos in there and you're in the you're in the big time, man, you're in there for the long haul. Like jail is a, a year, prison is a year plus, so you go to the big house. And that's where you see Miklo a lot of the time in the in this story. And he's serving the time and he's doing the real good shit. Like I identify with Miklo to the sense that like I'm a little light skin on the outside, but I'm brown on the inside way. You're like, you know, and I kind of ha- identified that with that kind of growing up. So the movie kind of hits a, a certain tone. Uh, I wasn't uh, a super badass or anything, but I did go to jail and I did serve some time because uh, we've made our mistakes. But uh, like I said, like that was one of the characters I kind of gravitated to. But one of the other guys I really gravitated to was Cusito because he always wanted to get out of the barrio and he was doing it with his talent, with his artwork. So that, you know, Cruz was one of my, those two characters specifically were guys that I gravitated to. And a lot of dudes that I grew up with, they were all about, um, you know, they were, they were all about Benjamin Bratt's character. He was more tough and, hey, and a golden glove boxer. And that's really what those guys, they, you know, they, they, you know, they, they built their life on, like, I'm going to be tough and I'm going to box it. I'm going to, you know, and, and be the leader and everybody else around me kind of had that, that vibe and that persona growing up. Not going to lie. They modeled themselves after that character, but I gravitated to, Hey, I was a little bit of an outsider, a little bit light skinned, a little like Nico, but all, are also artistic and, 
and Clusito was my, my homeboy. Like, that's the way I really like passionately about art and trying to get out of the barrio and make a name for myself and get out of the little town I grew up in. <laughs> and yep uh, same shit with me that like what peacock just said i mean i'm italian and mexican to all the white to all the white kids at school i was mexican to all the mexican kids at school i was white you know so caught in the middle and uh <laughs> um you know a lot of what miklo was talking about and uh the character um well the actor who actually played him damian chapa I mean, that was his real life growing up as well. His dad was, uh, his dad was white. His mom was, uh, his, his mom was Chicano. And um, his dad was always trying to send him down, you know, with, uh, to, to stay with his mom. And it was in, it was in Texas, in Tejas. And he, he was getting a lot of it. He was getting a lot of the culture, you know, from just growing up. He said his grandma was taking him just to see the old uh, stores in the neighborhood and things like that. And kind of just, you know, that was where he got a bunch of his Chicano game from was from uh, his grandma, who was like a really old, like Indian lady who was like adopted by Mexico. It, probably like indigenous. That's probably a lot of my background, like mixed up some mestizo. Like my great grandfather was an Irish guy who came down here in the Mexican War in the 1800s, and he married an indigenous lady. Like I don't even know if she was Mexican. My great grandma, honestly, I don't know what nationality she was, but you know we got tied into that. And anyways, I told my son, I was like, you're like 136 Irish, but you know he looks the part. He has freckles and. Light hair. <laughs> He's real wettle. <laughs> but like, like you were, like you were saying though, like uh, even me, like you look at me and like, oh, he's definitely Hispanic. But where I grew up here, everybody's Hispanic. Like I was the white guy, and I was pointed out, and you know, kind of set aside. And then my last name was Peacock, so it's like, ah, uh, <laughs> you know. So I was the minority. I was the minority here. Um, but a lot of the things that are said in the movie, a lot of the phrases, a lot of the way the life is, a lot of the 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 rite of passage to growing up, you know, and being around people that are involved in this kind of lifestyle, it, it hit home. Like, that's just the way life was for me when I was a kid growing up. You don't see it as much now. And this movie set in 1972, but it was filmed in 1993. And, you know, they're, they're paying homage to the, the time. Like, these actors, you know, that's what they grew up with and witnessed. And their dads or grandpas lived that life. So... You know, it's just a callback to that. If, if I go back now, we make a movie about the 90s. It would be very old school. But I, in 2050, you make a movie about 2000s. It'll probably feel like yesterday, you know, or if you go back to when I was in high school, it's, it's nothing much has changed other than baggy pants and the, the music, maybe. But, you know, uh, but this this jump, you know, from from uh, doing the film in the early 90s and then paying homage to uh, that, that gangster Chicano lifestyle in the 70s. That's where all the heritage stuff. That's where all these phrases, all these things, like people call each other vato and they say orale all the time here where I'm at. Like this doesn't. It's never died. It's never died. It's it's it's. I didn't realize it. I went back and I started watching this movie again. I was like, holy shit, man! Like no wonder this movie had a huge impact on the area that I'm living in right now, along the Rio Grande Valley, like the the Rio Grande River on the south border of Texas, just like it would have had the same areas in California, I feel. And, and a lot of that went back and forth with this. And, you know, the Pachuco lifestyle and fedoras and suspenders and orale homes and, and all that stuff. I grew up with it. It's not a movie. It was the way of life. It's the way it was. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I was watching uh, Damien Chapa's his uh, his documentary that he did, and a lot of it was answering like just questions from fans and stuff like that. And he said, like, 
I mean, he was going all over the world, you know, with this and said how it was a huge hit in Japan, you know, and just oh, yeah. all over the world. I mean, everyone get to experience, you know, the Chicano lifestyle. And um, what did they call it? Crazy. Spanish? It was a uh... sangre por sangre. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, sangre por sangre, tres putos como el spider ese, like, you know, blood in, blood out. Like, this is it. Like, they're fighting on the, the, the bank of the bridge. There's a lot of classic scenes, you know. Uh, and I was re-watching this, and I was like, God, this movie freaking hits. It was like, I got buddies listening. They're standing here watching me. Like, man, I really want to re-watch this movie so hard right now. <laughs> it's so good. Papay Saavedra. Like, my buddy's last name is Saavedra. And he's like, I'm not going to live that down. <laughs> we'll get to all that good shit right now, right, guys? Hey, this is really dope because right now, Peacock is representing the barrio. Like, he, yeah. has, he, got, he, got, he got the essays with him right now. Backyard barbecue in effect right now. <laughs> yeah. Now, what's crazy to me is, um, I mean, the more you go down, just like the history of the movie. So $35 million budget. I mean, that was like huge in 1993, you know, $35 million. And I think Disney backed this movie, right? It was like it was a- Disney Buena Vista. That's who distributed it. It was like <laughs> Disney trying to go gangster. And like, it ended up getting released at the time of like the riots. So like in the box office, it flopped like crazy. It was like 4.5 mil or something like that. So it didn't make like any kind of money. Like in the box office, it was a huge failure. But then it starts going to VHS and then DVD comes out and then it's it's game over after that. It was just like Scarface. When Cult Scarface classic. Came out on VHS, it was- Oh, it was Scarface crazy. on two VHS tapes, bro. On two. Yeah. You watch the first half and then it had an intermission. And you pop in the next film, but you go do like a line and you know smoke a joint with your bros or some shit, and you're like, you can't really believe that chainsaw scene. The first time I saw it, I was like, bro, I mean, we were doing this on VHS, so it wasn't even DVD. Like they, we had DVDs around at the time; they had just come out when I was watching this shit. But we we're doing this like, old, my buddy was like, I got this. You haven't seen Scarface, Peacock? We're gonna movie night at your house. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. And I was real late to the game on a lot of classics, bro. How high I was infamous for. I think I waited 10 years to watch that thing. One of my yeah, favorite wow. movies, by the way. <laughs> We're going to do that movie. We're definitely going to do that. It's coming. It's coming in the next series. Y'all stay tuned. Oh, yeah. So Damien Chapa, that he's the main character. Miklo, uh, El Weto, Milkweed. You know, those were a bunch of his nicknames. It's crazy because he was talking about the original cut for this movie was like five and a half hours. And like, that was what they're like talking about releasing and he said, uh, so the uh, the director, Taylor Hackford, he, uh, he, he, pre- <laughs> um, Damien says that he like locked him in a bathroom and was like, all right, tell me what you think. Like, be honest with me. Just like, give it to me straight. And he was like, it's way too long. He was like, no one's going to sit through like a five hour movie. And like, who the fuck would sit through a five hour movie, even three hours? Like, it's a, it's a huge commitment. And um, Zach Snyder, about- Zach Snyder would sit through that. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, it was too short. <laughs> you got to break this up into an HBO series. <laughs> and Started so, riot on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And so it's crazy. Like the five, the five hour cut of the movie, Miklo is like, just one of like the role players. He's not even like the main character. I think he said he was like fourth on the call sheet. Um, the whole San Quentin stuff was kind of just like a subplot within the movie. It wasn't even like, you know, the major part of like the movie so a lot of editing went down i would love i would love to see what they cut out and it could have been an entirely different not entirely different movie but a different 
just an atmosphere because I think the same message would have come through whether he was in San Quentin or somewhere else, you know what I mean? Or whatever they decided to put into the movie. But two that's hours. crazy that they cut two hours. That's two crazy hours. that they cut two hours of the movie. That is wild to me. But that's a director doing his art, like doing his thing, like you know, the the, the guy uh the guy was, was on it, you know, and him not maybe I don't know his background, but he doesn't sound Chicano to me. So just the fact that he's giving it a spotlight and, you know, allowing, you know, showing, showcasing this world that he doesn't have a part of, but he's just directing how he feels maybe these scenes would go or, you know, the prison shots are ridiculous. They put you in there. You feel so much tension. It's like, oh, damn, is this like, I never want to go to jail when I was a kid. You know, it was like, I so they actually they actually shot in San Quentin and um uh the, the director is definitely not Chicano and he, he he was at the time he was famous for doing Officer and a Gentleman. And um so this was like one of his big follow-ups. And uh, obviously he didn't think it would be a cult classic, but he but he definitely knew it was gonna be impactful and he didn't want to do it wrong, he didn't want to not you know, do it justice. And like, he wanted it to be California. So San, cause you know, obviously you could look at Texas and stuff like that for this type of genre, you know, with, with, uh, with the, with, you know, uh, the Cholos. Yeah. And the yeah no, I, uh, but like, you know, do being like, Oh, San Quentin, that gives you that, that hardness also. And the vibe in, in, in the area in California was, you know, bigger. It was more advertised. You know, it wasn't in probably until like after Selena died that people were like, Oh, there's Chicanos in Texas too. Like, I thought it was all cowboys, you know, like, you know, they, people get a little woke or whatever the fuck. But but no, um, you know, L.A.'s always been that that thing. And you have, you know, like we were talking about East L.A. and born in East L.A. and and all that kind of stuff. So you start looking at the Chicanos in that area and it's a little more loud. You can advertise it and sell a movie like but Hustler was saying it bombed at the box office, which is it happens. But it's definitely and I, it's probably the length of the movie, you know, that what makes it bomb. Like, oh, it dragged. And then you have, like, the audience wasn't hitting. You didn't have, like, a huge influx of Hispanics taking over America in the early 90s as opposed to now. <laughs> the biggest thing is the riots, the Rodney King riots happening. Yeah. Like, you know, when all that... Yeah, was- 90, and it was exactly 93 when all that yeah. stuff was going on. So people were watching that, uh, and then, like... Uh, OJ was right on deck and stuff, and we we're just getting accustomed to that kind of life. Now it's like, oh, what's the Kardashian doing nowadays? I'd rather do that than watch a movie, you know. So, so let, let's let's get into our first scene real quick, and it's just it's the opening scene, but it really lays out, you know, East LA. So for everyone, you know, you see your eight mile movies, you know, things like that, where you're getting a little overview of the city. That's what you get in the beginning of this movie. In the uh, cine- cinematography and the, um, the the audio, the music is done really well, the way they just kind of set the vibe real fast. You already know where you're going when, when the music, the movie starts. And you know, like East LA is one of the characters in the movie. It's not just like oh, yeah. a setting. It's like, because this was like supposed, to, it, was, it was set to embody, you know, the culture out there. You know what I mean? Yep. Here we go.
what's the difference between East L.A. and L.A.? It's a whole different country. Hope it works out better for you here than in Vegas. Got to. Boom. So... The, the, the score, I mean, that's what's crazy about this. I mean, the music that you got going on in the background, all those strings. I mean, it, it really sets the tone for uh, for the way that the movie's going to be playing out. Oh, yeah. Love the... Uh, uh, especially because, like, you know, you had like the likes of, like, Carlos Santana at the time. Like, there was... When it came to the music to aspect of it too, like the, the 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 Hispanics were in the industry, and like lo and behold, here's this gang culture. Or really, I mean, I don't even want to just want to specify as gang culture. It was just kind of a way of life at the time, like you know what I mean. And like, you know, I, that's I love- the thing that kind of sucks is like Chicano culture gets mixed in with gang culture. You yeah, know? And it's really. I mean, it is because of movies like this and things like. I mean. A lot, a lot of the gangs, a lot, a lot of the shit that's being put out on the news. But yeah, Chicano culture isn't gang culture. Like it's just the way that people are living. And um, one thing that all three guys had to do. So Damien Chapa, Benjamin Pratt, uh, Jesse uh, Borrego, um, that's Miklo, Paco, and Cruz. They had to go live in East LA. They didn't say the amount of months that they were there, but the director of the movie had them go stay with the family down there and so they were they were immersed in the entire just in the entire culture and he said of course there was gangs and there was people getting shot out there but he said that was really just a small percentage you know of the population a lot of it's just regular working people kids going to school all that oh yeah and like you know this was uh this was la like you know these were like suburbs you know these were set to be nice areas but like Obviously, they would, uh, you know, through systematic uh, or systemic, you know, racism, you know, what I mean, they, they grouped up all the minorities in these certain areas and East L.A. just so happened to be where they grouped all the Chicanos, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, South Central is where they put all the blacks and like, it's just it's just how it was back then, you know, what I mean, still to this day, really, like, you know, what I mean, all across America, you know, what I mean, we're really we're really notorious for the systematic racism and and, and it's in, in every fashion. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Peacock, what'd you think about all the art that they were showing all the East LA art? So I, I totally, is my mic here? Yes. Yeah. So I totally loved the murals. Uh, they showed the culture right off the bat, you know, like you, you get a good mix of a lot of stuff. It gave me like the other Los Muertos vibes because these, they were in the face paint. There's something going on. So it gives you a little idea maybe as to the time of year, they're just trying to give you the setting, but also show you that East L.A., like you said, is going to be a big part of this movie and it's going to influence the way these characters act. And so they're showing you the territories. They're showing you the differences a little bit here and there because you notice there's street dancing going on. And it's happy over here. But then you go into another area and they're showing like cemeteries, the Los Muertos, and then you, you keep moving on. And then it's more like rural life, people taking their kids to school and then you move on and it's like they zoom out and it's the whole city. And it, within this is interweaved that thing that you were talking about, trying to tie the Chicanos in with there's gang movements going on within interlocked in this entire web of the city. And it's not just, you know, there's other than Chicanos, there's other gangs there. 
but this is movie is specifically concentrated on the Chicanos the Chicano movement. And then why are these guys in East LA fighting amongst themselves instead of getting together and moving on, uh, uh, not maybe making a race war, but why are the Chicanos fighting amongst themselves kind of, and it's brought up early on in the movie. And I'm sure we'll maybe get to that point when Miklo goes back to jail and his mom is talking about shit when he gets, or when he gets home. Cause this opening scene is Miklo arriving back into the city from a stint in jail for something that he did, you know, and, um, well, from uh, Vegas. He's uh, he went he went to jail. Oh, that's right. He was in Vegas. Yeah, and he, and he went to go live with his his widow dad, or his white dad in Vegas, or whatever the fuck. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Hustle, <laughs> you got some ties there. <laughs> You're now in Vegas because <laughs> the movie opens up. But what the scene before the or the scene that they go into is like, or is it was it before? I can't what chronological order. It's, but, a, it's after that was like the very first scene. Yeah, where, and it shows him he's where he's working with his dad. And then he ends up, you know, putting hands on his dad because it's like, man, fuck this. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. So like, the, the version I was watching last night was like abridged. I knew that it happened. So I was like, 60 yeah. second skip. I was like, yeah, everybody's Chicano story. We, you fight with your dad when you're like 17 or 18 just to see if you got it and you can move out or he needs to, or he, he needs to keep you at your ass here at home and work for his ass. That's what it is. <laughs> My buddy's laughing, but he knows it's true. <laughs> He's telling them uh, his dad's yelling at him and telling them, um, "Yeah, go tell those Mexicans or we uh, go tell those wetbacks to hurry the hell up or something." And he's like, "Go tell them yourself." You know, he's not—he's just not fucking with it at all. He's like, "I'm not gonna call them wetback. I mean, I can maybe tell them to hurry up and do their work, but I mean, those guys. My mom's, uh, you know, like the dad was a the white guy, the mom was Chicana or whatever, right? And so Miklo is what he is, but he's not gonna turn against. Uh, you know, he feels like that. He feels more in tune with the Chicanos that that's his people. You know what I mean? And he'll take that side over everything. You see that later in the movie, obviously, when we get there, you know, when he goes down the road of, you know, choosing sides. Because when you're in the Pinta, it's not about clicks no more and Tres Puntos versus Vatos Locos. This is about survival and who's going to accept you. And are you going to be white? Are you going to be Chicano? Are you going to be somebody's bitch? Or are you going to be a fucking dude? Like, what are you going to choose, right? And all of that means life or death. It's survival, you know? And you choose wrong or you make a wrong strategy and you're dead. And that's what Miklo's life is. <laughs> and it's crazy. And it's, I mean, putting this into just three hours, that's why when you mentioned that, I was like, man, I would love to see a five-hour version. But it, it is a long movie. It's crazy. <laughs> And so really after he gets back, you know, he goes and gets some tamales, you know, and he was like, oh, I've been waiting for these for 18 months. So you find out he's, he hasn't been there for 18 months. So he gets in trouble, goes to jail for who knows how long, goes to live with his dad. And uh, then now that he's coming back, he goes, he finds his mom. But his mom is like, you know, that they, they can't find out you're here. They're going to stop my check. And so he's got to take him over to uh, her sister's house, his mm -hmm. aunt. And then uh, you hear his cousin start talking shit all yeah, next time, uh, next time in trouble, you're gonna be running back to your white boy dad and like all this type of shit. And so, pretty much like the whole story, yeah, Miklo got in trouble. He got and that's his, to go live with that's his, his primo. That's his primo Paco that he goes to go stay with, and that's Benjamin Bratt's character. And he's like, all the female Chicanas, Mexicanas, Latinas in my family, and all my cousins and tias are like, oh my god, that like made him like Benjamin Bratt banked on this movie when he was like in a fight. 
wife beater with some fucking suspenders and some chino pants, you know, and his little fedora. And he was like, you know, hey, Golden Glove boxer is in. He was real tough. He was the tough guy in the movie, you know? So, like, that's what I'm saying. Everybody that I know growing up that wanted to be somebody had that attitude. <laughs> and it was so fucking annoying, bro, because it's like, ah, oh, this guy's a. I'm going to deal with this kind of guy, you know. I'm just trying to whatever, you know, but Jesus Christ, I got to I got to box this guy to fucking get what I want. Shit. <laughs> and there's people like that, dude, because of this movie, I swear to God. So Miklo, you can see it right off the bat. I mean, obviously, I mean his dad doesn't really want him, you know, he's just He's talking shit to him, treating him like shit cuz he's like the Mexican, you know, like trying to beat the Mexican out of him. His mom not that she doesn't want him, but I mean, he's the mutt, bro. He's he's the mutt. Yeah, he's the redheaded stepchild in this Chicano family, mm-hmm. <laughs> El Weto, for sure. And uh, so here here's a scene that yes, I got. how many times I got caught called El Weto. <laughs> hey, hey, as long as if you're comparing it to Miklo, <laughs> dude, look at this color of the skin; it's blinding. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, 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 the the man's uh, Brad. What's his name? Uh, Benjamin Pratt. Benjamin yeah. Pratt. Right? He, he said like this. He said, "Hey, say he said you better put the blanket over your head when you sleep." I said, "Cause you're gonna keep me up with your fluorescent skin." <laughs> Dude, one time I got scared and I curled up in a in a ball because I thought cops were gonna pull us over. My friend was driving. He's here. He'll vouch for the story. And uh, like I rolled up and he's like, "Bro, you turned into like." You looked like a creamy armadillo. And I was like, what? <laughs> so that was a nickname that stuck for like a year, but we everybody got over it. I'm glad. Creamy armadillo sounds weird, bro. <laughs> All right. So I got another I got another scene here. It's uh, uh some police interaction, and it's Miklo, it's uh, it's Paco, and they go and pick up Crucito, and uh they got a new ride. Uh he uh Crucito just painted it. And uh, yeah, yeah you get this, get... this motherfucker. Oh yeah, and then they then they go just right on the hill where I assume everyone would just go to smoke weed and just go chill out. Just seems like one of those spots. Here we go. Yeah. That tree is he's close to me. It's good to be home. You know, hey, sabes qué dice? My paintings made it to the finals. Veras, man, you really made Simone it? Simon and all of Khalifa's, I'm still in. You They'll give the price to you, homes. You're the Not best. bad for a Chicano, eh? You know? Oye. Oye, Crucito. What's up, sir? You still have your close inks? Simon, por qué? All right, get down, James Brown. Put the needle in, huh? I want my VL tattoo. Hey, take a look in the mirror, Will. Does it snow in L.A.? There's a white boy with a real placaso. No, you don't. I'd have my placa now that doesn't throw me at these laws. Sally, you wouldn't have shit, milkweed. Some serious shit, homes that don't wash off. First sign of trouble, you be running back to your white boy daddy in Las Vegas. But yeah, but déjalo. Oye, Miklo, just wait till your number's called, this, eh? You'll get one. La jura, la jura. Hello, officer. What seems to be the problem, sir? Bumper clearance has got to be at least 10 inches. 
Oh, really? You in the car. Registration, license. You do this to people in Beverly Hills, eh? Take off the glasses, please. You look familiar. You got a record? Y yes, sir, he's got a record. He's got a great record. The Black Rooster, 13 KOs. Paco Aguilar, El Gallo Negro. He's got a great right uppercut. You, uh... You used to train at the boys' club, didn't you? Two years, second division golden gloves, till till he broke his wrist. Yeah, I remember. See, really with the... This your car? Well, I, I just painted it, sir. What do you think? It looks nice. Listen, uh, just raise up the bumper a few inches, okay? Like your uppercut. <laughs> Thank you, officer. We will, sir. That's all right, Joe. Let's go. didn't have that fucking badge between us. We see who has who. Shut the fuck up, you say. Don't be using my boxing anymore, eh? Don't be stupid as he just trying to save her asses, boy. I let you put my hat off my head once, Vato, but you better keep your fucking face out of my business before I put you down, milkweed. Yeah, yeah, Vato. Come on, let's get this rampla back. You know it. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So you see it right there, Cruz, obviously the smooth talker out of the bunch. Paco, fuck man, just a, just stubborn as hell, wants to get in trouble, you know, somehow. And ironically becomes the cop later on. Well, everything is ironic. Uh, that's a little later, yeah, he comes back all straight edge. Like, yeah. Oh, kill the Paco. Well, because one of the, one of the scenes that be, that happens before this is after he paints the they're painting the car and then the the stepdad comes out kind of flashing on her. You know what I mean? That's uh, that's not his. Oh yeah, his stepdad. And he's like, oh, I'm not gonna listen to you, man. That's my like. I'm gonna do my own thing. Like that. You can tell your son, which is his stepbrother or whatever. Like you tell him what to do. He can. Go, you better go inside. Because stepdad's talking shit, but I don't give a fuck about you, old timer. Like you know that attitude. But he, but he was straight. Had him, had him linked up uh, with a meeting uh, to, to to join the Marines. And here's the thing: it's like, like when you when you see Wero, he's or Miklo, he's so he wants to be accepted so bad. Or Peacock. Get the VL. <laughs> Literally put my name in there. It's like the same kind of thing when I was young. Trust me, I was like, I'm gonna hang out with all these cool people. It's like I'm gonna be cool because they're cool and they're doing like shady things. I wanted to be like, I, don't know. I didn't want to be the clean, squeaky clean. Your mom's a teacher, image. My mom was a teacher, bro. So everybody knew that shit. It was like straight up like teacher's pet, mama's boy type of vibe. And I was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> So I totally identify with the the Miklo vibe. <laughs> and like and Miklo, you know, he just want to get he want to get 
he want to be he want to be gang, bro. Like he he want to put in work. You know what I mean? Like you could already <laughs> give tell. me that VL. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And then, and then he's like, I'm ready for that placasito, way. Like put that shit here, vato. And they're like, nah, man, you know what? You're a bitch. We'll give you tres puntos. And like, hey, come on now, bitch. Like, I don't want you. They're like, nah, we're just fucking with you. Meet no, come on, bitch. Like, you know, I see that shit go on all the time nowadays, too. It happens to me all the time, too. It's like, people still fuck around with the wedo shit. What's dope about this, there's a lot of foreshadowing here. Because he told him, he said, once you get that on, you you know, you, you, can't, you can't erase that, man. Oh, bro, this movie should have been a novel. You know what I'm saying? The way that it's told in movie form, it would read really awesome for a novel because you're like, oh, you get the background, you get the opening. Oh, this guy, you pull for him, you feel for him because he's putting you there between two worlds. So he's crossing the white folk, that other audience that's starting to watch this movie and pull them into his shoes a little bit. Like, oh, shit, okay, I'd like to... I liked a white woman, I mean, uh, a Mexican woman once, and the guy started to think, like, maybe that's my son or whatever. Who knows, right? But it, it kind of it opens the world up a little bit and lets you into what was going on at the time. And there weren't a lot of movies since maybe, like, American Me, and I don't even know if that was before this movie or after this movie, but those are, like, the only two, like, legit top-tier Chicano Hispanic movies that show you what was going on like i had deals that were these people you know what i mean like they, this is how they behaved this was life it's it's not fake and some people are like were they overdoing it with the orale and chale carnal or all this stuff and i was like a little bit but for the time no like if you watch it now eh, it seems a little overdone but in 93, hell no. That was taken, dude, or like, and replace that with orale and chale and vato. And that's how Hispanics talk to each other. Like, it's crazy, ridiculous. But I started watching this movie again, rewatching it, and I was telling you, Bogart. And I was like, holy shit, this is, this is why, this is why things are the, maybe not the movie, but, you know, it's, Things were that way, and this is why things are this way now, you know, because of stuff like this. It's like Valley Girls saying, ah, at the mall or whatever the vocabulary was. The, but the for Chicanos, they grabbed onto this and they never let it go, you know? <laughs> yep, the stepdad, when he fired off on him, he got so pissed when, because uh, they go down there to deliver a bill, pretty much. You know, his, um, uh, Paco's mom is like, take this down to him. Uh, he's got to get this bill paid, and so he takes it down and uh, he's like, Dolores, our, our mom says you got to get this paid. And he's like, when are you going to start chipping in? He's like, yeah, I'm on that Kmart pay as you go plan. All right. <laughs> and he got, and everyone started laughing and the dad got hella pissed. <laughs> yeah, he didn't like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause he's, cause you know what it was too, is not trying to be a statistic was what, and not having his, you know, you know, his, his wife's son who he's claiming and this obviously the stepson's not claiming him as as you know as nothing more than you know a person that's with his mom, you know what I mean? Is that he was telling him, yeah, hey man, you ain't finna be no statistic. Yeah. And here, and it's it's really about the three guys, right? It's about the, the half brothers or the step, uh, yeah, the half brothers, and then the cousin, right? Yep. And between the three of them, you know, what I mean, you have uh, they embody everything that was going on at the time you know what i mean you have you know um 
the, the boxer kid. He was always trying to do something to get out. You know what I mean? This is the this is uh, uh what is his name? Pacheco. Paco. We're Paco. all uh, we're all trying to get out, bro. I moved to look. I moved from the barrio to like supposedly like the best city in this entire region. It's like it's like five counties, and Texas has two hundred and fifty eight. There's five of them here. It's called the Rio Grande Valley, South Padre Island, and like the beaches right by the Gulf. A lot of farming, fishing. Ninety-eight percent Hispanics, bro. The other one percent's white, and one percent's black. And those people are owners of shit or basketball players for the minor league uh, Houston team. So, <laughs> like that's that's it, <laughs> you know. Everybody else is vatos locos, you know, or tres puntos. Or honestly, we didn't have those. It was like D knots, uh, TCBs. Uh, I don't know. Be like I wasn't really involved. I just stayed in my hood. My parents had a half acre or an acre and a half that was gated. We just kind of stayed on our road. But I was from the Kings, and they're like, "Oh, that's a tough place." So people gave me respect because of that only. And I was like, "Yeah, it's tough." I've seen people die, bro. <laughs> I've seen gang fights at the corner store. Somebody got his pinky bit off when I was three years old and shit. Like it was random ass stuff. Man, I ain't joking. <laughs> I grew up in this. I grew up in the hood, but my parents were like, "We have a big tract of land, and no, we have no neighbors." So that's what they invested in at the time. And who knows if so. Paco was even really trying to get out? I think Paco just liked fighting. Paco loved fighting, dude. I have so many friends that are Pacos. You know what I mean? And I had to watch myself. I was like, "This motherfucker's gonna go to jail tonight." So let's take like once he gets his fourth drink in, let's either watch him and take real good care, or. Release him into the crowd, and we don't know who he is because anybody with blood stains is going to the slammer. And in Mexico, when we would go, anybody with blood stains is going straight to the slammer. <laughs> you had to trade car stereos to get out of there, bro. We would go party in Mexico all the time. I live 10 minutes from the border. That's how South Texas I am. You know, but Reynosa was like a sneeze. Achoo, Las Flores, I could walk there. Yep, that's crazy because uh, Mexico is about the same distance from where I was, but just in San Diego. Tijuana, Tijuana, or where'd you? Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, they see us. That's why I know, like, we fuck with each other. Like, I got that vibe from you a long time ago, like, straight away. Oh, thank you, my brother. But he brought me a Budweiser. But yeah, I got that vibe from you. It's like straight up. And well, like, Bogart, too. Like, I straight up thought he was Mexican the first time I met him. We talked about it the other day. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> hey, listen, no, no offense taken, but I got a lot of pussy growing up. Oh, I have a son. Adam, Adam, I was just You know what I mean? I love being mestizo, bro. Yeah. Mestizo, yeah, I'm mixed, mixed. Let's just call it mixed. <laughs> I'm literally like one eighteenth Irish, which is like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> All right, so I got a scene here. This is where pretty much a big fork in the road uh, comes for, for Miklo anyways, but for, for really all three of them. And it's right after they, uh, they they leave the little police interaction or whatever. They're like, we got to get the fuck back. We got to get this car back. It's not even their car. You know, they're joyriding in someone else's car that he just painted, put a dope paint job on it, and need to cruise, you know, with it. And uh, now they get back to the shop and they notice the enemy, Tres Puntos on their turf and here we mm -hmm. go and for all the 420 crew let's smoke it up yeah
kind of starts i mean there's already a beef going down but paco he's got to push it oh you want your picasso so bad let's see what you're gonna do see what you're gonna do milkweed and uh, paco didn't want to do anything because they didn't have the knife if you heard him he's like where's my filetto so he's looking for the knife he he was gonna go to war but he was uh didn't have any weapons mm-hmm. and like and then there's Miklo's perfect chance to be like, all right, all right, Holmes. You know what I mean? I'm about to put it down. You know what I mean? Because he's the ever ready to prove himself. Because you know what I'm saying? Hey, on the outside, he's fluorescent. You know what I mean? <laughs> on the inside, he's brown to the bone, I say. <laughs> and so this really starts it all because uh this whole, I mean, that event and really. I mean, what seems like maybe about a 24-hour period, I mean, that that really sets the tone for really, I mean, all three of these guys have their own storyline within the movie. Uh, Miklo is the storyline that gets followed the most. And um, the movie was five hours in the motherfucker originally. Yeah, so I mean, when it was a five-hour movie, I mean, Miklo, they said, was like more of like a role player, you know, and I, th- I think it was more of following Paco, following Cruz, it was probably more of following Paco, you know, his whole, I mean, because I mean, shit, like, who knows what really happens from his angle? I want I just thought of something. I got hit with one of these little uh, microdose epiphanies right here. I'm like micro Luigi, right? Check this out. They narrowed the movie down to three hours to, to, to base around Miklo because that's how they thought white America would digest it better. You know what I mean? That's yeah. probably why they did that. You know what I mean? It Plus could they, be. 
the story was intriguing though because it is like it's like reverse racism right like here's the white looking dude but he's clearly hispanic because of you know what i'm saying probably because he is you know what i mean and he's the minority within all of that he's a minority within the minorities there it is yeah Definitely. Yeah, because I'm sure that's something a lot of people have to deal with. And uh, especially we know that people are just like real, like infatuated with like not necessarily just gang culture, but prison culture, you know, um, just learning all about that. And um, I really feel like it's a lot of people who they look at these gangsters like, oh, they get to do whatever the fuck they want to do, you know. And I mean, their consequences are just a little bit bigger than everyone else's when uh, (laughs) when they got to suffer some consequences. Oh, yeah. And here we go. Here's uh, here's some of the suffering of the consequences. So, I mean, they're riding high, you know, after this. I mean, you know, they fuck up his car. They, they you know, they get away. Nothing's really going down. And then uh, Cruz, he talked about how his, uh, his paintings were like the only one left in like California or whatever in this big uh, art contest. So I don't... I, we're not going to show the entire movie on these uh, on these clips. But so he wins his award and then there's like an after party. And Cruz... Like, he's just the pussy magnet. Like, he's the guy who's got all the fucking charisma. Once again, once again, why I identify with Cruz, but also a little bit with Baco and anybody else who has some sexual appeal in this movie. So, but not, but not me close, not me close vibe because I wasn't getting that. He was trying to just get some respect, eh? Miklo was trying to get respect, but guys wanted his chonchon, bro. <laughs> yeah, Miklo was the Miklo was the hot tamale, like on the inside that everybody was wanting. That's what it was. He was the fucking... Um... Bro, my family was like, don't ever go to jail. And then me, a dumbass, went to jail like, Five or six times. I was like, I was like, I used to be in the circus, and my trick was swallowing glass, and it all uh, c- contaminated, and it's collected in my anus. <laughs> and it's been there <laughs> for ten years, just rusty and beaten. Getting sharper. My bad. Sorry. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so Cruz, he he see he sees his little mamacita that he's gonna go holler at, and um, <laughs> and we talked about it. So what's his name? Uh, Frankie, uh, in the movie, and he's uh, Ernie and uh in george lopez yeah. he's like hey frankie let me get your, your keys to your brother's gto and he's like oh what about a pendejo and uh, he's like oh, first of all the gto is still one of my like dream muscle cars and i'm gonna have one before i die for a little while i'm gonna get one i'm almost done being paid in my truck and my friend is a classic auto hunter check him out rgb classic auto hunter anyway uh quick shout out to him but yeah man my buddy's looking for uh an El Camino, an old school. You know, I was like, man, that's a piece of shit. Anyways, let me get an, an old school GTO, dude. And he's like, I got you, but he hasn't run into that shit. He's more, he's running into more like Mustangs and other like like old Mustangs, like in the seventies and sixties, and some like uh, Broncos and and things of that nature, which is still cool, but not my style. Anyway, sorry to sidetrack, but. God, man, I love, I love, you brought up the old car that he painted and shit, bro, and I love that, I love old classic cars, man. 
trucks. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, We're good paint jobs. We're gonna save that for the extra because that, that that'll be a double time. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, man. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, so he has, he gets the keys because like, oh, let, let's see what, who paints that picture for your girl. And he's like, oh, you Indian giver. Gets all pissed off about that, gives him the keys, and then uh, goes go start spitting some game at the Mamacita. And uh, they drive to, I mean, I don't know what it is. So we'll just call it Lookout Point because uh, that's what it seems like all these uh, things are called in the movie, some kind of Lookout Point. And uh, here we go. But uh, so, suffering some of those uh, those consequences. Episode sample. Boom, boom, maybe. Boom, boom. Smoke weed every day. Like they, oh my God, I think Dre might have took that. Smoke weed every day. No, I'm, but you know what I'm talking about, right? In the beginning yeah. of the next yeah. episode. It boom. could, it could be. Because you could take that, you could take one sound and throw it on a, a piano roll. So that means I can play that one sound in every key. Right. Like that was it, bro. You know could I'm a sampling be. motherfucker, so I okay, but yeah, like go it, ahead. It could be, it could be. Um man, so everything, I mean, it just goes from bad to worse real quick. I mean, shit, like him getting thrown on that fire, which I don't understand. Why the fuck is there a fire hydrant like just in the middle of wherever the fuck they were at? They're on a hill with nothing fucking around. Why is there a fire hydrant? I never even would have thought to bring that up, dude. That's so random. Like I was listening to all everything. I've seen the scene, right? But this fire hydrant thing, you're right. And I never questioned it 
I just accepted it. Why is there a fire hydrant on the fucking hill? Well, maybe there's a fire. It's a good place to have a fire hydrant, but shit. But it's the LA hills, though. Here's the thing. So I thought of this because I thought I'm reliving, like, like, I'm basically watching it for the first time yesterday because, you know, I only remember what. Bro, that's what it feels like, but it's such a huge cultural hit around here. I know. I was like, oh, I know this. And I was, I was watching the first hour and a half and I was like, I know all this. And then, but it was like, I was like, oh, he went back into jail. And then I was like, oh, this didn't, you know, anyways, later on, I was like, oh, this didn't happen. So I was like, oh, okay. Now I remember, you know, but for the most part, I, I my dad worked at an HEB back in the day. And then he would bring uh, videos home from the video store and he would bring one cartoon, one movie for the whole family to watch with my mom and my sister. And then um, blood in, blood out. Yeah, and then like blood in, blood out, or like fucking child's play, or like Jason Voorhees. Like me and him would watch that shit, and I would have nightmares, and then wake up in the middle of the night and go in his room. You know, like that was my life growing up. <laughs> and then he's like, "Go watch the cartoon I got you at 4 a.m. Put it in, like all super easy." You know, like he would go back to my dad worked weird ass hours, so he'd go back to work at 4 a.m. So he'd make sure he put me back in the room and he'd need the cartoon on him, TV. So I'd wake up and in a panic, like, oh, I'm not in my dad's room from the nightmare I was having. And then I'd see a cartoon that I didn't get to watch because I was watching a horror movie earlier. <laughs> so Care Bears was on the fucking screen or some shit. My dad was a G. He was good. He was pretty good about that. My dad was a terrible husband, but a great dad. <laughs> That's not respect. This is a lot of great origins. I have also been drunk all day, so this is going to happen. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. I told, I, I know you're drunk, but it's funny because I told Pete, I, I told Huss, I was like, I don't think you shit face though. <laughs> all right, yeah. Huss, what you got? Yeah, man, this was a, there's a lot to take in at this point because you really, I mean, as bad as you think it's going to get, you, you don't think he's going to get fucked up like that bad. You know, like it just, it really sets the tone for like, it, it goes requiem for a dream vibes on this at this point you know what i mean when this hits like oh and you're like an hour into the movie and nothing's really happened yet yeah and even like the first time you know when they're in the alley and shit like oh he's so badass you know because he fucked up his car you know like i mean it's an it's enough to get your fucking you know your your placasso and everything and fucking um you know but but it seems real pg at that point, and then yeah. Tres Puntos took it to the next fucking level, and then you realize this ain't no fucking joke. Yeah, right once now, you get it, once you get into the pinta, the real shit happens. It's like, how is this movie still PG? Excuse me. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, no, I mean it's not PG. It's rated R. But I'm saying like it, the the gangster. How is this? I'm, I'm saying how did how did Disney portray this? As, <laughs> like we're gonna own this, the rights to this movie and still be Disney? No problem. Motherfucker. They're hella smart for it. That's why. <laughs> it's still crazy to me that it's Disney. Like, just blows my mind. It was so under the radar that nobody cared to make a fuss about it. They're like, let them have it. You know, oh, it, a cult classic, fine. And it, and then we celebrate it. It's literally like a. It's more than a. It's it's more than a cult classic to me. Honestly, it's it's so quoted. It's so ingrained into my lifestyle that I didn't realize it until I like rewatched some of the stuff recently. I was like, "Holy shit, man! Half of my life is based on this movie." <laughs> like, even like cult classic. I feel like that's something that was like 
under the radar at the time, but now is getting more like mainstream like exposure. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't really know how to classify this movie. (laughs) It pushes farther past that for sure. I'm I'm Filipino American and his mother, and I am Misty, so she like that. But like, I have a lot of cousins that are married uh, to Mexican. Big Manny Pacquiao fam. No, I'm just No, but see, here's the thing though, like I have I have a shitload of cousins married uh, to Mexicans, so like you know, we grew up around around a culture and I and this when I watched this movie you, have, you grew grew up around uh, brown the culture. No, just, <laughs> I grew up a brown the culture, man. <laughs> brown pride, man. Brown pride. Uh, fucking, what's the, the UFC guy? They ended up going to, uh, like, it was like assault because somebody was fucking around with his daughter or trying to molest his niece or some shit. Um, Cain Velasquez. And he, like, uh, he, like, straight up. Yeah, exactly. Because he, like, straight up, like, killed somebody or, like, beat him to close to beat him. To, I don't know what the hell happened. But that's like that's I don't know. Yeah, no, no, we we don't have to try to figure that out. We'll just let that. Yeah, that's straight. That's straight up talk for itself. Yeah, that's straight up talk for itself. (laughs) Fun fun fact: He did uh, he did fight out of San Jose though. He's from I think he's from Salinas or or Gilas, which is Salinas. Yeah. <laughs> Anything for Salinas. <laughs> that's, hey, Sal, Sal, Salinas from Corpus Christi. That's two hours from where I live. Just letting y'all know. That's like I I frequent from there. But my homeboys are from there. We've got family there. I fuck with Corpus. So just letting y'all know, man. Like when she died, my sister picked me up from school in fourth grade. Tears in her eyes. And I was like, what happened? My dog. I was thinking it was my dog, bro. I thought it was my dog. I swear, I thought it was my dog. Let's bring us back. Yeah. Well, Bo, what, what was your thought? You're talking about how you lived around the culture, even though you're Filipino. Oh yeah, man. I, I mean, just growing up with hell of my cousins married. Uh, you know, my, my cousins were half Mexican. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, the family parties was really where you got exposed to the culture. You know what I mean? Pachangas. <laughs> Nowadays we call them porriasos, but anyways, they were pachangas back in the day, man. Yeah, pachanga. Pachanga this, pachanga that. Pachanga was a weird ass fucking word, bro. Super Tex-Mex around here, but anyways, the pachanga was like barbecue, drinks, kids are falling asleep on chairs, and we're leaving them behind. And then your tia has to call you to come back and pick them up. <laughs> kind of shit. Oh, you know what? Let him sleep with his primo. He's he can stay there. Family. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, but that's all I had. That's how I was going. So immediate clap back. You know, I mean, you already know. Like, I mean, they know that he's not dead, but they don't know the extent. I mean, the next scene picks up. Of, they're all at the hospital. You know, the whole crew is there, just kind of like outside. You know, the waiting room or whatever. And Paco's like, "We're no, we're not going to do anything right now. They're waiting for us. We're going to hit them tomorrow." And, and the like, mom gets pissed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wasn't handling it. And, and Frankie, who's Ernie, and uh, George Lopez, like, tomorrow, that's Sunday, Holmes. <laughs> that's my, yeah, he says that. And he's like, you know, he's always been like comedic relief. That motherfucker grew up in my hometown where my this, my other friend over here, he still lives in that hometown. Like, he probably grew up in three houses away from that guy where he lives. So that guy is literally from my hometown, went to school with my aunt, was on George Lopez. It's so crazy. But super humble, super cool guy. He comes down here and he does speeches. You know, just motivating the kids and stuff. Um, 
but solid dude, man. Really solid, like down to earth guy. Like he's my friend on Facebook, always posting funny shit. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, and, and back in the day, I mean, this is the seventies, you know? So the reason that's relevant is because back then Sunday was the day where you didn't really do anything is what you didn't go invade turf or anything like that. And uh, so that, that didn't matter. Sanctuary was holy, like you know, the turf off limits. You know, like we're not gonna do nothing tomorrow Sunday. We'll hit them when they're they're sleeping. Fuck it. Or what does he say? We'll hit them and having breakfast. Yeah, they're not gonna be going to mass essay. (laughs) And so, and that's where we pick up the the immediate clapback, and uh, this this really changes everything for I'd say for Paco and for Miklo. This changes everything. Cruz's life was already changed. And that last scene that we saw, like his life's never going to be the same after that. And now, yeah, they they slit his wrist, his artist's wrist, and he could never, like, I think at that point, paint his, it to the uh, level. His hand that they got, there. yeah, or they, they fucked up a, you know, like you're an artist and you fuck up your hand, bro. It's, I mean, that's your life. Yeah. Anyways, that's that's how they got Crucito. So here's the immediate clap back the next morning. Marking a new territory. That's right. We're the new landlords. Bato locos are finished. Check out the new view, homies. I'm gonna build myself a righteous pad here. Swimming pool, white picket fence and shit. Check it out, Spider. That's that punk from the alley. Pato Loco must be on medication to come here. You come my car now! I'm here to jack you up, puto! Oh, 
So lot lot to unpack here, but one of the things that is a continuing, uh, just, just a continuing thing is Miklo always trying to help people, but then it always ends up fucking him, like in the end. And like, yeah, he stops his he stops his cousin Paco from killing someone, which could have ended Paco's life, you know, if they get caught for it somehow. And um, if Paco yeah, would have shot Paco's life, right? If that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. and. Paco shoots him. I mean, his his life is completely different. And then later on, Paco ends up right. Like that's what I'm saying. Like that. This was a huge. This scene right here is like the hugest fork in the road of the entire movie. Can we say irony is like an understatement in this movie? Like the an underlying theme, even like iron, like this is fucking ironic nature of everything that happens in this movie. You know what I mean? And it a lot, Nicolo. and a lot was really around these last couple scenes. You know, Paco having to be the badass, wanting to push Miklo to be the badass. If Miklo doesn't do anything in the alley that day, does any of this even happen? You no. know, in the next twenty four hours, and it's it's a lot. It, this ties all the way back into the end of the movie where they try to like retie it all back together to where um. And and there's no spoilers, but he's uh, like Paco's like like coming to like terms with like he kind of made a lot of people's lives go the way that they did. Oh wow, that's deep. And then Crucito's like, oh what? You think you got so much fucking power that you control everyone's destiny and shit? But you know, I mean, you look at it in high insight. You know, high insight's always twenty twenty. But these last couple scenes was really Paco being the badass pushing Miklo to be something that, I mean, he's definitely not a killer, but he just killed someone to defend his pen. Miklo is definitely a killer and we don't know it at this point. 
uh, in the movie. You go on and you find out how hard Miklo wants to belong. And his life spirals downhill. He goes deeper and deeper into the desperate despair that is the life of a full-time felon, convict, convict life, bro. You guys want to look me up? Look my ass up. You know my, you know my real name. It's on the fucking internet, man. I'm a fucking convicted felon. This is why I, I never achieved my highest status, but. I'm integrated. My Chicano brothers, I'm just joking, man. <laughs> but I'm just saying, look, Nico, Nico hits a point, bro, and it's, it's there's no turning back once he goes, he chooses that path. You know? And then he's in there, and it's survival. It's survival or get fucked in your butt. Do you want to get fucked in your butt? I don't. I'm sorry. You can edit that out. I'm sorry. We can make it PG. You want to get poked, you want to get poked in the butt with a penis? <laughs> I don't want to get poked in the butt with a penis. There you go. PG, put that in. <laughs> Boss, put that in. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, man? This should get serious. <laughs> I'm so glad we have Peacock on this. <laughs> so this shit, I mean, it just gets real serious real fast. And um, I mean, the, the next scene after that's the whole car chase. I mean, the whole scene is just like super Disney cool. movie, by the way. <laughs> Disney brought to you by Disney. <laughs> yeah, right, Disney. <laughs> the whole car chase. And I mean, they're, they're trying to get Miklo to the hospital. He just got shot. And they're doing so much crazy shit that they end up like, what, like, I mean, not running a red light, but just making some kind of crazy ass turn, cutting off traffic. And then a cop adrenaline's running. They don't need to cut. They need to calm down, but they're hyped up. Somebody died and they know it. They saw it happen. They're running away from a murder. You saw it happen. If you're on YouTube at home, you might not have seen it happen to go cut to the free movie on YouTube because it's there. Uh, but I mean, it, you know, this is like we're still in the first 30 minutes of this movie and there's so much awesome stuff happening. <laughs> so great. It's so great, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. And here's where here's where it kind of turns. All right. So we talked a little bit about San Quentin before. I mean, that that's pretty much the main that in East L.A. I mean, I'm, there's no there's no other places besides that. It's inside San Quentin. And in Islos. And here's the intro that Miklo gets. I mean, we don't know the extent of, I mean, because he barely turned 18. Like when this happened, like he may have not even, it may have not even been his 18th birthday. When this, when this movie started, he was six days away from his 18th birthday. And all of this hey, happened. So I know that that freaks people out. Hold on, that Miklo was 18 when all this shit was happening, but I was at the bar. My bar that I go to all the time. The other, I talk to Bogart about. It. I have my little specials. You guys know. Anyways, so I was at the bar, right? And I see a a guy. I'm friendly at the bar. I sit in my spot, and my homeboy usually sits at the spot. This guy's like 46, but he sat at the other end, and he was there with his wife and a bunch of people. So I was like, okay, he's my normal guy, Rob. You know, Rob. I'm sorry, my buddy's over here nodding. But Rob, Rob wasn't there, so I left it open. New guys came in, but they know Rob. They're like, hey. And I was like, oh, these guys are cool. Let me talk to them. I don't know them. So I started talking to them. Younger guys. Youngish. Dude next to me, 36 years old. He had a kid when he was 18. His son is 18. Right? His son had a son. So he's a grandpa. He's 36 fucking years old. 
Do the math, bro. He's my age and he's grandpa. And I, it blew my fucking mind away. I was like, what? What? <laughs> Sorry, that was my story. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> so we, got, we got the intro into San Quentin here. Miklo, we don't know the extent of, I mean, barely 18. So, I mean, maybe he was in a, you know, a, a juvie center or something, you know, um, but definitely never been anywhere like San Quentin. And uh, this really just gives you a peek into what the uh, real prison life is like. But me, do you understand that? I'm the man, I'm the boss. Do you understand? Now, walk! Go to the door. White sign over the door. The chains will come off. You'll drop your drawer. And you'll be home. Welcome to San Quentin. First off, they didn't even have weights in prisons anymore because motherfuckers were getting so yoked being in there. So 10, first of all, years. I was telling my friends what part we're on in the, in the movie here because the cutscenes come on. I get to talk to them in the background. And those of you who are watching, not yes. Anyways, so I'm talking to them and he's like, "Oh, like they were quoting the guys," and I was like, "I'm hearing that right now. Like that's how in tuned this movie is into the culture here. It's ridiculous. It's a movie from when we were. Oh, this guy's a lot younger than me. So probably when he was born, you know, I'm probably me and my two friends are the oldest guys here. Everybody else is like ten years, ten years younger than us. I played basketball with guys who can play basketball. I'm not playing basketball versus old heads like me. I'll whip their ass, bro. <laughs> I need competition. I, I keep in shape. <laughs> so we have young friends from work. They, these guys work at FedEx. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyways, they work at government places. Let us pick it back up. Hold on. We got. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm just saying, man. Shit. <laughs> Yeah, so we we get we get this intro into him at San Quentin, and uh, you see how yoked these motherfuckers are on the yard right there, and that's the first thing you got to see. And everyone, if you notice, everyone's yelling at their own people, whoever it is, they're yelling at their own people, and um, 
This is where you got to choose the sides. You know, right now, where are you gonna, where are you gonna be running with? Who are you gonna be affiliated with? Are you gonna? You be gotta show the placa sons, way the placas in the front. Pinche Garcia Gonzalez tattooed on your back, way. This is where you fucking run with the homies, or you have a Nazi symbol if it's America. Uh, what is it? Um, American History X. He just well, so I decided to plant my flag, and he starts working out. He takes off his shirt with a big old Nazi swastika on his chest. Edward Norton, great film. Hey, this is kind of dumb that got no Bro, bro, I'm just letting it go. I'm just talking the way I normally talk right now. I'm letting y'all into my life. <laughs> And so right off the bat, he uh, he gets there. It, it cuts to him getting into the uh, in, into his actual cell, and he like you know holds his hands out, and it's like you know can't even hold his arms out, you know, fully extended in that cell. How small it is! And then he goes into like the, uh, I mean, it's not like a day room. It's, a, it's it's the lunch room. Like who knows what the fuck it is really called? But the place where there's like a million tables, everyone's congregating, and a lot of shit is uh is happening it's like a hub bro uh they call it oh man i forgot the term for that shit you're like in a there's like cells there's blocks but the guy's watching oh it's a pod so they're in the pod and the pod has multiple levels and you can see them all like where you can congregate and then you have access to outdoor anyway not that i know from experience right uh but that's what that shit is they were in a pod <laughs> Yeah. And Miklo, he's just, he's walking around trying to go find a place to sit or whatever. And then he runs into, I mean, I don't have that, that scene, but you pretty much get a lowdown on who everybody is in prison right off the bat. Just real. Miklo cool. goes around and he's like, hey, for it's the classic fresh meat, hey, fish, but he gets a good, he doesn't know where to sit. And every clica. Gives him a little rundown, like, hey, come here, bitch. The fucking Africans are like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, the black dudes are ready to fuck him up. And then there's some gay dudes that want to, like, straight up the whole clique is gay. But they they were tougher. They were tougher than one of the other cliques. It's like, oh, shit, you want to fuck with them gay dudes? Like, these guys are hard, I guess, for everybody. Anyway. <laughs> and then, <laughs> but then there's, like, you know, he had to figure out where am I going to go? Like, you know, so he sees the white dudes and he sees the Mexicanos and the Chicanos or whatever. And then the Chicanos are like, nah, dude, you're, you're vanilla. You know, you're... You're 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 blanco, bro. You're not you're not part of us. Like over there with these guys. So he's kind of trying to figure out where he needs to belong in that scene. Hey, what's the name of bro Hus that that Hop. actually that actually takes him under his wing initially? So that that's Popeye Saavedra, which is my homeboy's last name. But he's Tavo Saavedra. He's like I'm nothing like this guy Popeye because he's like that guy's. We all make fun of Popeye. Like, okay, so that whole give me some chonchon shit, like, man, that's, dude, when you talk about chonchon, we all know Popeye Saavedra, you know? <laughs> but that motherfucker brings him in, like, hey, man, I'm going to show you what's up. Like, you're working, oh, your vatos locos, you're under my wing, I'm going to bring you in. And he was just setting him up to try to fuck him, literally and figuratively, figuratively right? And then he gets mad because, because Miklo saw pretend sides 
with the white clica. So he goes with the white dude who has power, but he's willing to betray that motherfucker. Willing to betray that motherfucker to still be true. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm setting it up. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was when uh, it, you know the 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 street workers or the workers you know in there the prostitutes in there they start fucking with them the tranny no, 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 male prostitutes by the uh, way just in case y'all didn't know that's how prison works there's not females in there for the, our young Canadian viewers <laughs> <laughs> they grabbed his hand and that's what Popeye saw he saw the tattoo on his hand he's like hey where'd you get that placa and then. Uh, even when, and then Miklo is like, oh, Odele Vato tries to give him, you know, tries to five him up. And like Popeye's like, no. And he's like, all right, you got some homies that you got to meet. And that's where he literally, you know, you, you meet everybody. Popeye's like, this is my bitch. That's what Popeye wanted the whole time. This is my bitch. Look at this fresh meat with the blue eyes and the blonde hair. This is mine. But things happen. <laughs> and that's all it is for the next, uh, I don't even know how many minutes of the movie. Honestly, it's a lot of that going on, man. <laughs> that's why I was like, what happened? <laughs> he actually figured out at one point, like, I could take advantage of this. I could just be the guy. So he was he was playing the white dude who was real high up, the cook or the I don't know what he like the white guy. I don't even remember the white guy's name. Pinche Weddle, the real Weddle, fucking Auschwitz, right? Whatever, right? That guy was had a deal. That guy had a deal with the 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 guards, and they were doing. I don't know how far Hustle wants to jump, but that shit was going on. So there was. You know, there was mystery, and it's like, what's this? And Miko stumbles upon that shit, you know, when he's trying to take out that dude for the Mexican gang, trying to get into the Mexican gang again, to be in good graces and show that, hey, I'm brown, I'm not about the white, I will betray the, yeah, it sounds crazy, but I will betray these guys after getting in good with them because I'm faithful to be, uh, you know, to God. And that's how, that's how that shit was rolling. Yeah, it's pretty much the only way that he could get the acceptance from them. They told him the only way that you're going to get in is blood in, blood out. You got to take out one of our enemies, and it's got to be someone real big, someone who we can't touch. And, yeah, take uh, out the top guy, basically, and if you fail, well, you're obviously out because you're going to die. This is a suicide mission. So it's blood in, blood out. But in his first attempt, things go crazy. So there's a hiccup, and it's like, are they going to let him? Or are they just going to kill him? Or are they going to give him another chance? And so the movie kind of elongates here at this point, I think. Yep, and so Al, that's the uh, the chef. Or we just know that he runs the kitchen. That's really all that we know, but he's always flexing. Oh, his name's Al. That's fucking the best. The white fucking Big kitchen Al. chef guy. <laughs> Big Al. Of course it is. Oh, my God. That's so fucking, like, sleazy, big white kitchen guy. <laughs> Big Al. <laughs> Oh, he sounds greasy as fuck. <laughs> and so, and uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, we know that they watched this movie and they were like, "Hey, we should make this guy big gay Al in our uh, in our <laughs> in our show." <laughs> and that's and that's where it all comes from, full circle. Damn straight. So there's a lot of influences that this movie has had that people probably don't know about. It's like it's a little hidden gem, like we're saying, mini cult classic. Uh, but the reason I think that it stayed that way is because it is very, uh, it's a long movie, you know? Oh, yeah. 
It's a lot to take in. Oh yeah, but it's Definitely it's done movie. it's done it's done well. Like if you're liking it, then you can stay watching it and be like, oh, it's a good movie. <laughs> I love this shit. <laughs> Definitely a long ass movie. So Al, I mean, he's flexing his muscle like at the beginning, talking shit to uh, to Popeye and all that, and and you you find out that uh, that, that Al Popeye Saavedra. Oh, Al has connections, man. We don't know how. He's too connected. And it's like, should I take him out or not now? <laughs> ridiculous. And that's where Miklo is at. That, that's what he's got to do. And that's the next scene that we got here is Miklo making That's what makes this movie so good because it throws in mob vibes but it started out like i don't know man it has levels to it right it looks real basic on the surface but there's multiple levels and then they're they're going through it and it's like mob vibe but chicano local level but then like this and then you get tied into the prison level and it's a novella it's a soap opera novella in our time soap opera there's multiple things going on and right when it's gonna get good you cut to sandra crying and then what's going on you know and this is how they did this movie. They did it well. <laughs> and here we go. So Big Al, we know that he's the one who's running all the gambling. And uh, he, he's got uh, access to like a secret room. Or, and not a secret room, but just a room where there's a bunch of inventory and shit. And uh, Miklo, it pretty much said the night before, you know, that they, they have him look at this book where it shows you all the different spots, all the different. Me- okay. Miklo was on the spot and they told him, this is where you kill him at. Miklo's mission was to go in and kill him this night or this day. And they're going to create a diversion to set Miklo up to go in there. And Al's going to be alone. But Al was not alone. Oh, be my king. Sorry, you weren't meant to hear that. <laughs> and the quote from the movie is if you're successful, you'll be one of us. Being successful means you kill them. If you're unsuccessful, you're dead. There's literally no other choice than that. And so here we go. We're getting into this scene now. Hey, no, I got that, are we? Let a real man do the job. Definitely Godfather vibes right there. And of course, it's Danny Trejo setting the diversion. That's the big gay out part of it. No one say anything. It's all right, Sergeant. He does what I say. Hey, I am not risking everything for some piece of ass. Just a goddamn minute. You get paid plenty for your risk, right? Am I right? Oh, he flexed on him. 
Am I right? Are you in the bag because of me, motherfucker? All right, then. Now get moving. We got plenty of trips for you to make. And remember, I got a receipt for every dollar. You got that money bill. Hey, what the fuck are you looking at? Get your ass right there. Stand there. Don't move. Yeah. Like you remember, I got a receipt for every piece of money you Bob, got. Cover me. that money up. How long did it take you to get back here in the parking lot? Fifteen minutes. All right, I expect you back here in ten. He owns those motherfuckers. The damn door closed. Don't you give me orders. You just make sure nobody sees you leaving here. Money buys the power, and he's throwing the money around. Come on, girl. Come on, girl. Come on, girl. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. See, I'm tired of you swinging your precious little ass around like you own that joint. You haven't put out worse shit. I haven't put out worse shit. Sorry, Al. I fucked up. I know. Forgive me. No, I thought you were alone. Get out! Please don't want to get me. Please. Can you make it up? The seduction. We don't have a lot of time. Come on. I can't do it. I'm going to get you to do it, bitch. Lay back and enjoy it. Oh, right, he killed him. You know what? You know what? I'm a hornball. He had blue balls for weeks. Left to left. Right? And he took favorites and he scored too. Oh, Insult my intelligence, you're owned the BGA. Look, I know you're the gang coordinator, but you're selling the wolf ticket. You're selling the wolf ticket. That was always one of my favorite lines from back in the day. Yeah, man, that's the real shit, bro. Wolf ticket, bro. Why? I like it. He thought he was fucked, and he almost was fucked here. Came to his dead Timing had to be impeccable right there. Okay, gentlemen, it was just an accident. Get back to work. We got breakfast to make. And just like that. Hey, was that what's his name? Hold on, what was that? That one, Vin. D- uh, J- uh, Danny Trejo. No, yeah, no, no, no. I'm t- not not that dude. I know that's Danny. 
Oh, I'm Vin Rings. Yeah, there it is. That was yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You guys I might know. know you guys might know him better from such movies as Baby Boy, where he had his ass sticking out while he was making eggs after <laughs> after piping down uh, <laughs> Baby Boy's Come mom. Come on, man. Come on, give him Marcellus Wallace. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know that's funny. That that is <laughs> he went to baby because <laughs> that's just funny. Like that's where he's like most gangster out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you do that. We're keeping that. <laughs> but yeah. man, so just just like that, Miklo's successful, and I mean, he wasn't even thinking about coming up on the money or anything like that. Like that just became the thing that moved him from pretty much a pawn in the game to, I mean, I mean, he's not an immediate kingpin, but this is the piece that puts him at the head of the table. Right? What? It goes back to being, wanting to be not only accepted, respected, and like being a factor. And his, yeah. even his celly didn't, his celly was the one that worded him up, right? Yep. Like, this is what the fuck you gotta do, right? You know what I mean? If you want to like change the game, because you're a wetter, you know what I mean? Now, I mean, when you're in the game, no matter what, you always got to pay it back. You always got to pay homage, you know, to the crew or, you know, whatever, a percentage of something. You go back to the mobs and all that. Yeah, percentage of what you make, it gets kicked back. You owe, you owe the crew, you know, and guys like Popeye, you know, he's doing a lot of stuff on the side where he's kicking money back, but he's keeping a lot of money and he's got a lot of his own shit. Niklo took this money and literally was like, all right, this is the crew's right. money. You know, like I, I, I'm running this or at least this part of it, but this is all the crew's money. Bong. And shit. And like, so Al, he was paying those AVers, the, the Aryan brotherhood paying them for protection. And now there's going to be a hit out on Miklo because the money that he was paying them now is no more. And, they had the, they offered um they said um a substantial um uh, cash donation which ended up being like 8000 bucks you see that in the book but that's pretty much what it took to keep Miklo alive was 8000 of that uh 16000 that he that he found there without mm-hmm. half right off the bat a lot of big bread but they blow up like immediately after that. So this next scene, let's check this out. This is where, I mean, they go from being, I mean, let's say maybe like third or fourth, you know, in line in the gangs to uh, to pretty much like almost running the joint. And it's all because of money. And it's all because of this gambling money. Everybody loves to gamble. Here we yep. go. Oh, yeah. And they gambling on the Warriors and the Lakers too at one point. Like that's why I wore my Warriors hat, bro. Shout I, got- <laughs> I got that scene in there and the Warriors. Uh, nice. they, uh, they got okay, the whooped by the Lakers. They didn't cover the spread that day. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All right, here we go. The come up. And this is a big montage uh, over a couple years span. Miklo, if one that's going into business, carnal, people have to know they can trust us. So treat everybody the same. The AVers control the dope and the BGAers are trying to move in on them. So let them fight it out while we build our bank account. We'll do business with both of them. Money knows no color, carnal. Everybody likes to gamble. All right, all you little old ladies, the milkman. Come on, time to collect all that milk money. <laughs> That's all I can do. I'll give you a half a point more. 
Yeah. All right. Hey, man, that's the point spread. It's got to be cool, bro. That's it. Get some produce, freshly picked, right out of the field. Christmas time. Sancho Villa. Virgen de Guadalupe. Gracias. Simón. Watch out. From now on, I want 40% of everything we make set aside for legal fees. We gotta start helping our gente get out of here. Use 20% for Christmas presents for the carnales. You should be ashamed. We're looking at boobs. Looking at boobs, too. Compliments from the metal, metal. My BTA brothers. Pocket. Gotta get rid of that natural look. Look back to processing. Look like me, Vato, huh? Hey, how about those Raiders, chump? <laughs> BGA is always I right. I got a special sale for tomorrow night's fight. It's going to be two for one, bro. Two for me, one for you. <laughs> hey, man, don't talk to me about credit. I got deaths as thick as a phone book. Now that Mosca and Flaco are getting transferred down to Chino, we'll have a base close to the courts in Los Angeles. Give them some money so they can set up a legal fund. Recruit some soldiers. You got it, Hipsy. Hey, 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 Holmes. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. Hey, hey, Mira. Look, guys, it's about that little debt, you know. Not so little. Hey, I'm booking next week, Holmes. I got my parole, you know. I need my cash for the streets. It's hard to get set up out there, you know. Gotta pay part of it. Yeah, that's good. I should be better than that. Put you on the council. You could be one of the seven. Montana's been wanting you in. He needs my vote. He raised my debt, and you're in. Okay, Popeye. There'll be a blank space next to your name in my book. I'll keep it up here in my memory. Orale, carnal. Be tied in good when you get out. Whatever you want. Just that. And just like that. Miklo makes the jump. And I mean, I say just like that. I mean, it was a short montage, but it covered like six years in there. Can we trust Miklo? Miklo's playing both sides. Yeah, no. Or or not. <laughs> Ese. <laughs> so it goes up. Ese. Tres puntos or not. It doesn't matter in the pinta way. Tres puntos or vatos locos. You're a Chicano or you're a fucking something else. <laughs> and Miklo, now he gets his shot. And so he is doing Popeye a favor, you know, by erasing that debt. But pretty much what it is is he's he's buying his way to the head table now. Yeah. And because he got the juice, bruh. And he's starting to real. He told, he told, bruh, use me. Remember? He was like. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, jumping around. Am I jumping around? He's like, oh, well, that, that was a little bit before this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure I'm on his hammer. He was like, "You need to use me, bro. Look at how fluorescent as fuck I am. I'm about to win, bro. I'm about to get into different cracks and crevices that y'all can't get up out of. You know what I mean?" And at this point, I mean, Miklo's real comfortable. You know, he's been running the gambling game for a minute. Like, I, I'm sure nobody's fucking with him because everyone needs him to either. Hey, Bogart, pause with the cracks and crevices, bro. It's a crack right there. Crack, 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 crack and crevice. <laughs> 
And one thing that you see that, uh, yeah, I mean, that you may not notice, but everything revolves around food, like in there. And, that, and that's how a lot of the stuff moves, you know, food going from uh, different uh, different buildings to different buildings. I mean, that that's why a lot of people running the, the money and the drugs through there. They're always in the kitchen because that's how a lot of people can get stuff. To oh, yeah. They're cooking behind the scenes, but that's how the secret commissary, bro. It's like, oh, this motherfucker threw in like $20 extra on the commissary. That's a fucking another weed or that's like a cigarette pack or, you know, like, yeah, that's fucking, a push and pull, buddy. Yeah, it's, it's flying underneath. Uh, my homeboy's here from, from California and, and Nevada. Penis. Now, the, the crazy thing about... <laughs> Sorry! Sorry He's about that, motherfucker! Sorry He's about that. No, no, That was funny. So, man, the crazy thing about this, I mean, I guess we don't really know what Miklo's fucking charges are. Like, maybe it was just a violation of his probation, like, at this point, because, like, do they know that he really killed the dude like over there? Did all the two and two get put together? Like, we really don't know. But he comes up for parole after what like six years i mean if he's there for murder like he's not coming up on parole like you know after six years so well, here's the thing too is that he though um the, obviously look, the look bro nobody snitched because then he'd be in there for life and he wouldn't come up for parole so obviously that happened. you know he got shot when they were up on the fucking lookout hold on all those motherfuckers that are in on it might have vouched for him too and then and then as he became like a factor, they might have wanted him out too. So like, hey, we got a guy on the inside too. We got to protect his ass. Yeah, they might have advocated for him to get the fuck out of there because all those cops that were involved, the COs and all these mother guards, everybody that was getting a bag, they wanted him the fuck out of there because soon as soon as he killed Big Al, it was a wrap for them. You know what I mean? And he had to drop on all of them because they were involved in all that shit. And yeah. like, what is it? What is a crooked CEO's worst nightmare? Is ending up in the bean that way? You know what I mean? Where they're just yeah. like, because they're they're pigs. You know what I mean? Hell yeah, they're getting the worst out of everybody. Yeah. So he goes to the parole board and like you know, I mean, he's not doing anything wor worthy of like showing like being reformed or anything. And like, uh, and then the dude uh, Vin Rames, you know, the one who's like the warden or whatever, he's like, "Don't you run with the crew whose motto is blood in, blood out." You know, so making sure everything's put on point, uh, put on blast that he's in the gang, that he's in the crew, and so of course he gets denied uh, parole. But then he gets on this whole kick where he's really gonna like at least change his life around on paper. But uh, it does seem like he's trying to go a little bit more of the straight and narrow. And um, that's the only way that he can really get out. So here we go. I got this little montage of that. Nice. Thank you. You got to start acting like somebody who deserves parole, carnal. Put it on the record. Earn your freedom on paper, I think. All they got in front of them is your jacket. You are your jacket, because to them, you're just a number. Everyone who enters the joint thinks he's a man, but you know what he really is? A number worth 30 grand a year. They want us to come back. And what's worse, they have us lining up to get in and saying, we gotta turn the system around. We gotta outthink them. Now concentrate. Why do you deserve parole, Mr. Velka? Sir, I've been in prison almost a third of my life. I've grown up here. I've learned to read and write here. I earned my GED. Mr. Velka, 
This board's only concern is to find evidence of your rehabilitation. That's all. Sir, with all due respect, look at my record. I've worked hard to prove I deserve another chance. It's in there in black and white. Please give me another chance. I got it! I got my parole! <laughs> Damn it, say they're not that good, Holmes. That's the best thing I've tasted in nine years, Bato Loco. Yeah, best thing I've tasted in nine years, Bato Loco. Good to be home, Cacna. Right on, Cachetón, right on. Cuidado, Cruzito. That rose won't bloom in the spring. Hey, 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 no Baptist sermons, okay, homie? Oh, hey. Takes away the pain in my back. The Lord can't. Try praying. You better still be painting. You know it, Holmes, you know it. But it's different than before. More real. So, yeah, I mean, you see the transformation of it a little bit. <laughs> now, Miklo, I mean, still, like, I mean, he notices the tracks, you know, on his arms. He already knows that he's uh, addicted to that brown, mm -hmm. that heroin. He's fucking with that boy. Yep. Ron, Ron. Yep. And uh, I mean, for, for Crucito, I mean, he even said it, you know, it's the only thing that can take away the pain in my back. I mean, shit, like I, I've had some pains in my backs, but I've never had a broken back. And I can only imagine what that would feel like for the rest of your life and what kind of pain you would be in, you know, just on a daily basis. Damn. And, you know, opioids are like, Till this day, an epidemic. So you know what I mean. Here he is, like, listen, bro, I got the shooter. But you know, just like any dope, you know, or addict, they're gonna find a uh, justification. And I love how they make him the addict because he's also the artist too. You know what I mean? And like, right. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of like the give and take that there's a lot of you know a lot of artistry comes from pain and comes from like. You know, substance abuse. So, you know, I mean, a lot of the greats, you know, they made their greatest shit, you know, while they were loaded. You know what I mean? And that's kind of um, that's 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 Crucito. Right? Yeah. One of the scenes that we didn't play in here because we can't play every scene from this damn movie. We'd be here for four hours or something. But uh, was when he had his little uh, when, when he had his art show and uh, he's actually selling his paintings, you know, for like buku dollars and shit like that. And um, he's, he's trying to play it straight while he's there, you know, but then some of the homies come, you know, and they're like, uh, come on, let's go. And then <laughs> they go shoot up, comes back. And then he's like, you know, can't stop laughing, like being goofy as hell. And like the woman who's like promoting it or whatever. It's like artists, you know, these artists, like we got art on the floor, we got it on the wall. And, you know, to all these white people, it was just like funny, you know, to them. Yeah. 
Yeah, and them motherfuckers was he was they were loaded in the motherfucker. Let's let's not be let's not. And matter of fact, before he even got loaded, he was the the motherfucker showed up looking for the bread he owed them. Remember? Yeah. And then like so, he went up to the broad that was managing the whole show, and she said, "Well, they're basically all sold." And he said, "They're all spoken for," which is all sold. And he's like, "Man, you better break me off right now. I'm getting hot." You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and he, yeah, because what did he say when uh, when he was talking to uh, to Chewy or whatever? He's like, man, why'd you bring him around? <laughs> he was like, man, he can see, he can smell that money. He's like, he's, he's ready to help you spend it. Yeah, he bought the D boy. <laughs> he bought D boy like I got it, bro. And that's like a, a you know a whole storyline in itself. And the cruise storyline is that he yeah. keeps owing people money for uh, for this addiction that he has. Yeah. And if it wasn't owing people money for the product that he was getting fronted so he can get high, it was also like, you can imagine, he already was okay with borrowing money, having people invest in him so he can get these things, so he can do his art. Like, yeah. I need all these paints. I need all these canvases. I need all... He was okay. You could tell that he was just a motherfucker that, like, people actually, like, they believed in to give him the money outside of the people that was, you know, uh, not even the money, but people even invest in them outside of the people, the D boy that came through was like, yeah, this guy's a dope for you, bro. I'm, I'm just around to get the bag off of him. You know what I mean? Yep. But then and when the money, like, when the money dries up, that's when shit gets bad. Cause I mean, anyone who's in that, when money's flowing, people want to give you as much shit as you can, as they can, you know, cause they'll take on the debt. Because because you got the money flow, you know, mm -hmm. like you always know that the money. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it, com it comes, um, you know, full circle a little bit with one of those D boys, one of the bigger drug dealers. Um, and uh, I don't have that specific scene, but, you know, we're going to cover that pretty soon here where. He he comes in. Crucito comes in contact with someone who he owes, and he's like, "Hey, what's up with those little four G's? You know that you owe me." And he was yeah. like, uh, "You know, pretty much saying sorry, and I'll get it to you." And uh, he was like, "I just got to sell some of my paintings." And he was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." He's like, "At least you gave me some paintings for that money." So it's like he he had some worth to people. Yeah, because he because like a true dope fiend too. He'd be like, "Listen, I can give you these paintings, bro. Listen." It's yep. about to be worse, son, bro. Listen, just hold on to these. <laughs> and um, this is what happened. what's gonna happen is I'm gonna start popping, and then you better have you better have be on the ground level, bro. Listen, but I just need these couple grams. <laughs> <laughs> I know this whole crazy, like elaborate scene. <laughs> <you know? laughs> hey, shut up, Amber. This is why you're going down, bitch. <laughs> you're a classic dope fiend, bitch. That's just fucking. Just looking for the bag and who you can squeeze it out of. Yep. And so Miklo gets out, and um, I mean, he he's living pretty high, you know. Uh, we're really riding the high life as far as like as high as you can live. He got the respect, right? He's he got the respect for. from literally everybody in the prison. Like everyone is doing business with him because they even said it. You know, money has no color. Everyone wants to gamble. Mm -hmm. You know, and he's the only one. They're the only ones with the gambling game. You know, on lock. And so respected by everybody, you know, um, now on the council, um, you know, so amongst uh, the top seven in their whole crew, you know, so amongst the crew in the prison, like he's accepted finally. 
and that's literally like the entire thing. All he wanted. He's trying to get. Yeah. He finally like kind of achieves that, but then he gets out on parole, and it's like literally like the exact opposite. Like Popeye, you know, like right at the end of that scene, he was like, "Oh, when you get out, you know, anything you need, just ask." And Cruz brings him over to an, the apartment where Popeye's at, and supposedly Popeye's gonna have an apartment for him, but he's like, "Nah, it didn't work out like that. Like, it's all filled up." And everything just kind of goes to shit from there because he has to stay at that house because that's what's on the parole board. And it was yep. three months. And he has the address board. for it. Yep. To them. Got to have for three months. And then you can already see it. It's like a squatting pad or something. Like there's like five people that you see like within like two rooms. You know, who knows how many people are actually there. And Miklo is so vetted that he holds it down. Like he holds the fort down. It's just my house. essay. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty much treating it like prison, you know. Um, I mean, makes up his bed real nice. He's got the little curtain, you know. Like, I mean, so his, his tiny little area. So, I mean, at least for him, maybe mentally, you know, it's not that crazy of uh, of a transition, you know, right away, this tiny little space that he has. Actually, an upgrade, right? Well, I mean, to him, it was a downgrade like crazy, but. Well, it was an upgrade that he, the fact that he could just walk around. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's an upgrade to like people in like normal society and normal life. But to Miklo, like it's an automatic downgrade because he was living like a king like a with every, everyone's approval, you know, and just liked by everybody. And that's really what he was trying to, you know. Gain I bet you there's a lot of scenes that they, that they probably cut out. He's probably, he probably got his dick stuck a lot in prison. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, he, he at one point was like, you know what? Get a lot of dome from these guys. <laughs> <laughs> and real quickly, though, like shit goes from like bad to worse with uh, with Miklo. And um, shit's just not all that it's cracked up to be. Everything that Popeye promised him, pretty, he, he should have just never fucked with Popeye. Like, I don't know why he did, especially after the initial run in. Where like Popeye like acted like he was gonna take him under his wing, and then like within an hour was about to about to fuck him for his chone chone, you know. And um, man, like I don't know why he ever trusted him, but maybe that's Miklo's well, downfall. Radio, you know what I mean? But also like it just shows how naive, you know, um, Miklo was to begin with. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. So here's where he kind of realizes that uh, the straight life isn't all that it's cracked up to be. And uh, so let's check out these couple scenes where we do hear about the Lakers and the Warriors game. Yeah. Get my check? No, Larry. No, no. Don't be that way. Larry. Sorry, guys. I almost died sitting down right now. (laughs) You'll be able to cash that till Monday. Company will do it for 10 bucks. All right. So, Larry, what do you give me on the Lakers in Golden State? Three points. Come on, Larry. Kareem is crippled. Give me six points in Golden State. Come on. What? Larry's hands hurt. His Golden State pulled offense. Hang on, Larry. This guy, Larry, sounds like a good negotiator. Kareem is injured, so is Nixon. Lakers got lots of firepower, but without Barry, Golden State's nothing. Six points ain't enough. Listen, six points are no bet. And here's Miklo trying to help someone again. Sorry, Larry. All right. Who made you the expert? Put me down for 1,200. Yeah, 1,200, Larry. (laughs) 
need to keep no, a little bit of Make sure all the tires are out of them and they're washed down. <laughs> so you know your hoops. Hey, what the fuck? Hey, what the fuck? Hey, what the fuck? Hey, Please get out of my bed. I gotta go to sleep. Later, is it? Get the fuck out of my bed. I gotta go to work in the morning, man. What you want, is it? Hey, hey, it's not safe, man. I'm going to have it. Ah! Eat your butt, boy. Hey, Dale. There's been some sort of mistake on my check. I'm $150 short. I worked 20 hours overtime last week. That's right. I'm going to do you a favor and take 150 out seven more times till you pay back the money you stole. What? I've been totally straight with you, man. What are you talking about? No. I try to give you cons a break. You see money and you can't resist stealing it. That's a lie, man. I never stole from you, Gil. It wasn't me. You had the keys. You knew where the money was. I didn't... I didn't do anything. Wait a minute. 150 times 8 is 1,200. Right? Right? You use my money to pay back your gambling debt? Huh? It's a cute story. Tell you what, I'm gonna call the cops. I'll tell them my version, and you can tell them yours, convict. He can call my parole for any time and give me revoke. No, yours, vato. It's just to get you on your feet. It's like, you know, later on you'll get something better. Tu sabes. Yeah, right. Straight up bullshit. <laughs> Man, so he's trying to play it the straight way. Tries to help someone with some gambling advice. And then the guy loses. And then because the, just because the guy is pissed, he's taking it out of his check just because he can. Just uh, straight up bullshit all around. Get it off. Yeah, fuck Popeye, man. Popeye was fucking up the whole joint, getting mad, and he caused all the trouble for 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 my man Miklo when he was free. And he's just like, nah, man, he still had control of the whole shit. He had control of Miklo out in the free world, and he's the one who snitched and shit. And made it all go down. Ridiculousness. And props to my homeboy Manny Benavides for, for giving me the lowdown on the scene. <laughs> for giving me the lowdown on the scene. Oh, I remember this shit. <laughs> Say what? I said, I said Peacock and all his homies would ride on those motherfuckers right now. <laughs> They're like, hey, I'm like, hey, bro, the cutscene's coming on, and everybody comes to the back to watch and shit. <laughs> They're all like slipping Budweisers watching, like, what are they, Holmes? 
haven't seen this in a minute. <laughs> we're, we're discussing while the scene's going on. So, like, I'm getting the actual scene, but, like, when it's quiet and things are going on, we're, like, discussing, like, so this is why, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, we're having our own little barrio talk going on. So, our viewers... Our viewers here watching this are getting some insight in the in the in the Mexa Texi version of, of this movie that I like. You know, I love this movie. So now you got to tell everybody to subscribe to SSB Pod. Uh, go to SSBPod.com and subscribe, so they'll already get the notification when this drops live, and then they can hear it. Yeah, hell yeah, man! I'm a total movie buff, and I love uh, what you guys are doing with this whole series, like breaking down, you know what, you know what we're into. Like, I could break down a, a B-rated movie, but if we do it right and people love it, like we're we're all the, all about that kind of thing. So, uh, I like the fact that we're getting a, a Chicano movement night, and uh, Bogart was super adamant, like, "Hey, man, I got to get my man Peacock on this. I know he loves that movie, and I do." Uh, I've I've been quoted uh, this movie, and I didn't even know why, uh, you know. Before a lot, before watching a lot of this stuff, and it's so crazy that it's uh, it was like literally already built into my life, you know. And then, then I'm getting flashbacks of when I was young, and I was like, oh shit, like my dad was drinking and barbecuing and doing this, and blah blah blah. And my cousin came over, and we were all like, what those locos, but we we're just you know messing around, kind of stupid shit. You know, <laughs> Pop, like, how long can you hold this firework in your hand before your hand blows up? Kind of bull stupid things, but you know, stuff like that. Yeah. How long can you hold this firecracker? <laughs> Doing some getting some JPP shit out there, huh? It was like, you need thrust fingers like in a spider. <laughs> <laughs> Bring us back, bring us back, us. Dude, my sister, when she was like 11, popped a black cat in her hand, like blood everywhere. Like my parents never let us fuck with fireworks again. I never got to really experience the the whole deal till I was at an upper, like I guess like a sophomore in high school. Like, okay, you're 16, you can pop fireworks. I was like, damn. Damn it. My sister exploded her hand like a dumbass when she was like 12. <laughs> All right, so where where were we? Um. Yeah. So Miklo, he he's not he's not loving this straight life. Like everything is just going wrong for him. Now he's just gotten screwed out of twelve hundred bucks. Like he's really smart. Worst, worst luck ever, bro. Like, uh, he has it better in the pinta in the in the jail. Yeah, getting screwed over for money left and right. Like can't even do shit about it. Real smart with the numbers though. Like knew right off the bat. Like, oh, 150 times eight. That's twelve hundred, huh? So like just right off the bat, like I mean, at least figured it out. Didn't help him. That was my dad, my dad was like that shit. It's so crazy. He's like a math whiz, and I was like, "What'd you do?" And he's like, "Oh, I dropped out of college." And I was like, "Why?" And he's like, "Uh, they dropped my baseball scholarship after I married your mom." I was like, "Man, come on, <laughs> what are you doing?" <laughs> and so. Now, him and Crucito, where that scene ended, he's about to go up to the apartment, you know, where they stand with Popeye. And there's a there's a whole big deal, you know, going down like we um, one of the scenes we didn't show was one of the uh, one of the labs getting shut down, the PCP lab. That, uh, is that, is that Scarface motel kind of scene. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And so, uh, yeah, so Paco. I mean, being the uh, the narc that he is, the cop that he is, I don't even know if we said that at this point. But now at this point, yeah, at this like, point he came back and he was like, oh, what the fuck happened after uh, Cruz's little ceremony, right? And he's like straight edge, like enlisted in some sort of military. The Marines. like his Yeah, Marines. Yep. 
Because his dad, he said uh, the core is making a man out of him. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, so he he was one of the people. He's an undercover undercover cop, narc. And uh, he was one. He busted uh, Popeye's PCP lab is what it was. And so now this whole meeting is with the guy who was like the one who funded the lab, the one who uh, who Crucito owed well, well connected in the outside world, man. You don't even realize that this like you've been watching the movie and they're like, oh, man, this guy is like, like, oh, if I do something in here, I'll be screwed up if I get out there or my family will get screwed up out there. You know, so you got to be careful about what you're doing. All the moves. Yep. And so um, Popeye's already he's he's pretty much fucked at this point. Like you could tell how nervous he is because uh, now you got the, uh, you got one of the jefes in there with some of his muscle and um, he's got to get this money back, you know, for this PCP lab. They just lost all the money for like nothing even got sold. Cause uh, the first buyer was fucking Paco and he was a fucking narc. Hey, see, so I like to get wet. What's his face? Um, you know what? Great. That takes it back to our to the last movie that we did, Draft Day. One of the scenes, he was like uh, the owner of the the Cleveland Town. We date. People pay to get wet, Sonny. Let's make this happen. You got to make a splash. <laughs> you like to get wet, Holmes? I don't know. You like to get wet, Dave? Wayne. Well, Wayne Brady is like. Is Wayne Brady gonna have to smack a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> dude that skit was so off the wall at the time i was like because wayne brady was so wholesome as shit like he the motherfucker was owning ellen you know what i mean at the time it was just ridiculous <laughs> and then he shows up on a Chappelle skit like oh yeah come along with me and he has a whole ring of hoes like he's a fucking pimp <laughs> sorry <laughs> all right on a so- the big meeting that's going on, pretty much Miklo, uh, pretty much leapfrogs Popeye is what it is to the to the jefe who's above him doing the job and saying how Popeye was punching his, you know, clock and all this and that. And then, I mean, Miklo gets crazy, pretty much uh, takes the knife, puts it up to the dude's throat and is like, what's the job? What's the job? And pretty much earns the job, kicks Popeye out of there. And... Popeye is a little bitch about it and calls the fucking cops and is like, uh, we got a drug deal going on. You guys like busting dope dealers and pretty much sets them all up for failure. And that's the scene that I got. And um, because everything just goes wrong for Miklo when he tries to help someone. It really does. And uh, here we go. To your connection, anyone? No. Like two Latino males in front, some more in back. I don't know how many. Well, that's a lot of people for a dope deal. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Shit, they're ripping off the connection. They're gonna take the money and the dope. No, no, there's an armored truck. Shit, this ain't a buy. There's a heist, man. Call it in. Two eleven in front, that's Odin and Whittier. Come on! Left, 
Here, have your cell phone with you. It's cool. Call it in. Right. betrayal too i mean what's crazy is like when you really think about this it's like to, to just normal people normal society you know like fuck that uh, home. that's your rasa way that's your primo uh, fuck that shit familia over anything way i don't give a fuck if you went straight edge like that bro you're dead to me carnal you're not part of what about all that whole shit and you way you grew up benjamin bitch pratt fuck that shit bro <laughs> I ain't down with that betrayal. Like Bogart said, ultimate betrayal. Pinche mamalon. Fuck that bitch. You're supposed to be my cousin. Yeah, man. That was my primo. You were supposed to have my back, not take my whole my whole leg. My whole left leg? My whole leg, way. You can put me back in jail, but you took my fucking leg, Vato. How am I supposed to protect myself in prison now, Vato? My anus is free game. <laughs> Interesting. Well, he only has one leg. I don't know. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Might as well just bend him over. <laughs> but like Miklo's like he didn't he didn't shoot Paco. Like it's it's weird how like he's the criminal, he's the bad guy, but he's like really the better person than Paco. Paco's a fucking piece of shit. He okay. shot him when he was running away. It's not a stand up. And and what and what did Miklo go to jail for in the first place? For shooting someone who was about to take out Paco at right after he stopped Paco from from capping dude. It's a homeboy. So a lot came full circle in this, and uh yeah, a lot of fucked up shit. Like, really, when you think about it, like really that's why this movie's so good, though. Like, there's a lot of twists and turns that you don't see, and it's like, oh damn, like hey. And if you get invested at this point, you're watching it's a long movie, like we said. But if you're invested in some of the characters, you're like, holy crap, I didn't see that coming. And then you side with whoever, right? Who's it? You know, you can be like, oh, I'm straight edge like Paco, or, you know, I'm down for the carnales and the familia, or an outsider like Miklo, or, you know, I'm just a bystander like Cruz, and I got, you know, caught up in the whole shit, and I wasn't trying to be in there. So, you know, you can take that stance, and that happens, I think, in almost any family when, when shit goes down. So it's a very... Um, it's a movie that, like, you know, you can relate to, I think, in certain instances. It's very Chicano, obviously, but it's still relatable as far... It's like one of those boys in the hood type 
things. The insight. Good point. Good point. Simone saying. And fucking Miklo, he's only out for like a year. Like, that's all he's out. He doesn't even really get to experience much except for like some bullshit with Popeye. And now he's coming back with only fucking one leg. And here I got a, I got the cutscene going into San Quentin. It's a lot different now than uh, than it was like nine years ago or whatever it was. Miklo! You better tell Carlos. Stop fucking with my business. Oh, you want to pay me? It's not in public. Ain't gonna let no junkies rip off my customers. Now come. Time to lock up. Mira, Mira. It's a bionic man. Hey, Carlos, what's with the PGA? Pay no mind to cheap conversation. They're just so losers, they're saying. They're just flapping their crow wings. Fuck it, on the warpath, this is. Well, yeah. I can't help it if the customers know where the quality is. He's been selling them baby powder. I don't have all day, man. Let's take it in. Vato's got one sweet cocaine connection. Hmm. And he's moving in on Pockets customers. How did he connect? Nobody knows. But it's dynamite shit. Pure Bolivian flake. Montana, he just stopped by and watched Carlos jump in? Plata talks. Carlos is recruiting lots of soldiers. And buying influence on the council to try to neutralize Montana. He says it's his own personal trip. Not on us. That's bullshit. Personal trips are fucking on the up. Saw that out in the streets. We're cutting our own throats. Caray. It's too soon to be walking on it. The wrong way up. But there's no way they're gonna stick me down there in the first tier without. Ah, my carnales. Ah, my carnales. My carnalitos. Get his madre. We should put a hit on that puto. No, he's mine. His payback's gonna take time. I'm gonna make him sorry he ever fucked with my business. And he gets them too. With the, I mean, it, it takes a long, a long time, and he definitely did it the long way. But that's probably how a lot of shit really happens in prison, anyways. You know, you're yeah, gonna be there. For... Got his time. Yep. Yeah. are lifers, so like you know, what I mean, that's why they do this extreme shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, six months, a year. I mean, that's nothing to people who are going to be there for life or for 20, 30 years. Yeah. But yeah, so we see how fucked up he is with his one leg. Um, and now there's already drama, you know, going on now. Now now the drug game is really coming into play, like in here. Um, really before, it w- they were just not in on the drug game. Like they just had the gambling thing. So there was no really ties anywhere. Um, like, uh, Montana even said it like let, let's just let the AVers and uh, the BGA we'll let them fight it over for the drug trade mm-hmm. and we'll do business with everyone with this gambling money 
Yeah, because he's just trying to go back to like, all right, here's how do we monopolize it instead of being like enemies. Like, so it's just win on both sides. And at the same time, because God damn it, they have the ultimate fall guy too. Yep. You know what I mean? With, with Miklo, you know what I mean? Because yeah. everybody has been dead against him already from before because he kind of took over all this shit and changed the game inside nine years ago. You know what I mean? Yep. And this fucking Carlos, like he's the one who's fucking everything up. But little do we know the man behind him is really the dude in the law library who's in there on some drugs. Like Miklo finds it out real quick. He's like, Hey, what you got all these hardware stores and stuff. Like what'd you do to get in here? And he was like, uh, it was like a thousand pounds of like, you know, uh, weed and like a whole bunch of pounds of heroin and shit. And, you yep. know, um, Miklo should have realized it right there. Like, oh man, he's the guy, he's the guy to know if you, uh, you want to be in the drug game. Like there's always a white guy who's like super high at the top. Who's got the connections with everything. And that was that dude. I don't even remember his name in the law library. And wow. everything's kind of going downhill for the, uh, um, for what's it called for La Onda because Carlos is like, is out of there. He was like, if you guys aren't going to back my play, which it's pretty much give me unlimited backup and I'm going to give you 30% of what I'm making. Yeah. Because he already didn't sold out. You know what I mean? He sold out. He was like, listen, I'm running with these motherfuckers cause they will fuck with me. You know what I mean? Like, and he was already, you know, we already know, like, he hasn't been charged. He, he hasn't been labeled this on paper, but we know because we watched the movie that he is a fucking rata too. So he's already, you know what I mean? And now he's turning his back on uh, Leandre. Am I saying that right? Onda. Onda. Yeah. Onda, yeah. And so he's pretty much a snake in the grass is what it is because He's got the the connection with the dude in the law library. I mean, you don't know that, but you find it out a little bit later in the movie. So we're just giving the insight into it. But Carlos knows that Onda's not going to back him up. So he's got to get with one of these gangs that will back him up. And so that's it's the Aviers. They're going to back yep. him up and they're actually going to start supplying him with everything, but he can't sell to the white guys. He can only sell to the BGA and to Onda and, you know, just anybody who's not white. Yeah. And the AVers are, are uh, they're basically the, 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 the K. Only the Onda way. Only the Onda. And so Carlos leaves. And then here's a little insight into how seriously, like, everyone's being taken uh, with La Onda now. See, my pen is stupid for letting Charlie walk. I'm just committing suicide. Fuck you, Jerry. Fine, I thought you wanted to learn something. Listen, Charlie's a businessman. He broke some serious business rules. Not only did he get sprung out on his own shift, but he moved on BGA clients when he didn't have to. Got high on his own That's right. You know, I see the jackets of most of the cons that come in here. 80% of them, 80% of them are drug cases. You know why? Because everybody out there is doing it. Doctors, lawyers, housewives. Cocaine is America's cup of coffee. <laughs> 80s it was. You have Carlos's connection. He said the same cup of coffee line exactly. You were supplying them. You're pissed because he's doing business with Dave Beers now. Last year, California passed a flat time law for drug Miklo's abandonment. smart. He always you know figured it out. That means they have it worse than anybody. Murderers, rapists, anybody. 
There's no parole, no good time. That's a lot of guys that are going to be here for a real long time, all drug users. Can you see the potential? Can you? Yeah. Anyone who can accommodate that appetite can control this joint and every other joint. Well on it. Here's your pill breach. Jerry said it'll take at least three months for the court to respond. Well, 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 Lightning. Our favorite stick lovers come home. There's Billy Bob. I knew Thornton. he'd be back. Here's your file. Magic said to remind you about Lightning's account. It's overdue. You hear that, Lightning? The cripple here wants to collect your gambling debts. Yeah, well, I'm not thinking about it. He'll show me the saucy. Come on, Cripple, show me your stump. Little white Mexican boy came all the way back just to show us his stump. Get off me, motherfuckers! Too many britches, I'll stay still, goddammit, I said. You gotta be crazy to pull this shit, lightning! Oh, I'm scared, huh? Don't you didn't fight so hard when Big Al used to do this, did you? You must be laughing in his grave, Cripple. Get off me, fuck! No, leave it alone! Stay still, goddammit! There she is. Fucking puta! You ever heard that old saying? Put your butt in your mouth. Spit shine that shoe, boy. Damn. You fucking full of bears are gonna pay, believe me! Look around, you half-breed. On this finished. Carlos works for us now. And every day he brings more on the soldiers with him. You greasers better wise up. It's a white world. Here to serve us. From now on, you are be my personal errand boy. You motherfucker! Punk. Go out for a pass, cripple. Come on, go deep. They <laughs> <laughs> did him. Real That's the ultimate fuck. That's the ultimate like. Now you're back to your true nature, boy. Crawling on your belly like a worm. <laughs> Him right there. That's how you. That's how you like shit on somebody that supposedly is supposed to have power. Not only did he come back weak and uh, physically because he had the bum, you know, the bum uh, leg or what was I looking for? Uh, parasthetic, whatever you want to call it. Prosthetic, uh, prosthetic leg. But look, thank, thank his, cousin, his cousin could have shot to the fucking ground or the turf. When it comes down to making the decision. He took his cousin's leg, his primo's leg, bro. And that's and where I draw the line. I'm like, man, if I was him, if I was him, would you really shoot your primo in the leg, bro? Yes. All my you, <laughs> you cannot even answer. It's that. hard, right? It's a hard in question. The moment, I, I, I would say I would I would miss. You would like to think I would like to think that I would miss. Head, that's my family, bro. You would do the right thing. I have the answer for it. That dude would have compartmentalized. That dude should have compartmentalized it. Shot him right in the dome. If my cousin's a fuck up, well then fuck it. He doesn't deserve a, a leg. No, right? no, listen. If he was a dude, <laughs> one, there's another side of the story. <laughs> from the way, hold on. From the way Paco treated him from the gate, right? And then now Paco is straight. And then, and I, I feel like if Paco. It was really guilt written with everything that he'd done to all these motherfuckers. If he would have dome called him while he was running away, instead of 
taking his leg off, he probably would have saved Wetterell a lot of fucking, like, trouble. You know what I mean? Just put him out of his misery right then and there. There's a lot of moments. By the, of- by the end of the movie, he gets what he wants, though. That's a good point. May I'm not be for everybody. May not be for everybody, but that was. There's there's about. a lot of points in the movie though where like you know pivotal points where the decision making, you know what I mean, had a lot to do with what transpired. You know what I mean, psychologically, you know, uh, 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 eventfully, whatever the fuck words I'm looking for, I'm on shrooms. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure it out, but yeah, continue. So now because of uh, Carlos. He's starting all this drama with the BGA, you know, it's the black and browns and really it's like the white guys, you know, playing puppet master, you know, with Carlos and like they go bomb like one of like the social clubs, um, fucking uh, one of the dudes who's living at Popeye's house runs up in there with a handful of grenades and fucking throws them in there, takes out all the fucking uh, takes out their social club where supposedly a bunch of the drugs are getting run out of It's pretty much their drugstore. And um, now to make this right, Montana says that he's going to go like travel to go like set a truce. And um, that's kind of where we are here. I got a handful of scenes from the last part of uh, the last part of the movie here. There is no war here, Bonafide. This was a personal thing between Carlos and Pockets. Carlos and Pockets were loose cannons. That was business. But what you all did in L.A. night before last was bullshit. There's going to be more blood on blades and broken bones because we ain't letting y'all hit us in the back no more. Now you want to powwow? You want to talk? Go ahead, Tom. Fonda had nothing to do with keep times. Carlos's brother, Smokey, acted on his orders, not Onda's. And he's paid the price with his life. Cheap times make for cheap lives, man. Lots of them. You want a war? We're ready. Believe me, we'll win. We've got more soldiers and they'll go all the way the death that they have to. I got soldiers. My soldiers ready to die. We improved that. Is that what you want? I guarantee that's what the Aryans want. We can stop the killing now. You and me. Right here. And your word means something here. What about false Latino? I speak for them, too. Mm-mm. Maybe for sub to a falsum, but your word ain't reaching the Chino right now. Mosca Lopez is crazy. I don't lost three people down there. I can ask the warden for a temporary transfer. He might agree if you guarantee peace while I'm gone. Fuck the truth. We cannot get Man, you got five days. I'm gonna hold my side out for five days, man. Five days. Miklo will coordinate on the business in my absence. You can trust he'll make sure nothing happens while I'm away. So do we have a truce? Right on. Well, well, well. Went back some bona fide porch monkeys holding hands. <laughs> you now have a combined IQ of two. <laughs> You're dead, man, Wonder Bread! Why don't you kiss my enriched white ass, motherfucker? This here's my coon dog. Get them coons, boy. Hey, run What's going on? Don't ask me what's going on, man. Ask me, what are we doing in a war? Yeah. You're running out of the goddamn bank. Pay the tax, pay some money. Let's pay the yard now. Between the niggas and the snitch. We're white. Why, why, you motherfucker? F it, we're bona fide. Listen to me. Magic and the others are warriors. 
If I put one of them in charge, Bonafide would never trust me. You're a jailhouse lawyer, a counselor. He knows you'll follow my wishes. But what if he's lying? What if the BJ doesn't want peace? Nobody in here knows what peace is. They've never had it. I'm talking about power, carnal. The only way for us to gain real power is for black and brown to come together. McGinnis. Still stands like true to this alone. day. Hell yeah. I don't trust the administration. I don't trust anybody. Don't worry. The warden's guaranteeing my passage. Top secret route. Oh, yeah. I made a deal with Tabato. I get to spend the night in Deleno. See my daughter. After 14 years. Can you believe it? Come on, Sekora. Move it. Jefe. Watch out. You tell those vatos to find some shade and chill out till I get back, eh? Got it. Nos vemos. Yeah. Oh, man. So Miklo now is uh, is put in charge, temporary man in charge. And um, how crazy is that, though, just from like a dad's perspective? I couldn't. I mean, the reason I, I've, I've gone to jail a few times in my life, but after Noble was born, it was like everything was like super straight edge because like, I mean, 14 years without seeing, you know, your kid like yeah. that's just crazy. Never seen him. Never seen her in, in their life. Yeah, man, I have four kids. I couldn't imagine that, bro. Like, and then, then, then to get into a, like, you know, to box yourself in to where it's like, you know, because of the activity you're involved in would keep you away from these things. You know what I mean? Like, like for you, what you just said, you're like, man, I had to go straight edge because I don't want to ever not be around my young man. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, I know, yeah, it's just different days, different times. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying my name. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Toby's and still here, guys. Miko's still my hero. A lot of fucking weird shit happens in this movie. Honestly, like, you're watching and then, like, oh, nothing. After we talked, right, you get to all the nitty gritty. Miko gets out the second time, and then it's like, what's all this fluff? And it's like the Yaz and, and Theos and moms complaining about their family. And a little bit of fluff. And then we get back to the real nitty gritty. <laughs> so we were we went through all that fluff. I feel like it was a good forty five minutes of like what the hell in this movie, but still very interesting. <laughs> yeah, you really can't cut anything out of the movie. Um, I mean, it's crazy, and it's three and a half hours. I mean, it would yeah, just like five and a half hours, and they cut it down to three. You know that you everything's essential right now, but we also all. They need to release my mom would come in here and be like, I can't believe, like, you know, all the good stuff. Like, I, the way you're living your life, like, your moms are throwing chanclas and slapping you up like a motherfucker every day, dude. Dude, on weekends, and it was like sleep in time. They're like, oh, they're like, it's eight in the morning. You got to get up. Blah, blah. It's like six, bro. The roosters aren't even up. And she's playing fucking music and cleaning the house. And it's like, I. <laughs> Because you're hungover, that's why, puto, you shouldn't have been. <laughs> <laughs> that's just fucking funny. And 
so Montana, he uh, the only person that he tells where he's going is Miklo. And he, you know, says how he's gonna spend the night in Delano. And um, it was a top secret, top secret route. And um let, let's just let's just watch it. Let's watch the scene that I got here of him in Delano. Like a couple of seconds straight I don't care who you are in San Quentin or nobody here in Kern County. Look, officer, I haven't seen my daughter in 14 years. Can I just take a couple of seconds to straighten up? Please. I'm going to put your daughter in the visiting room. You've got one hour. Clock is ticking. One hour. Be right back. Morning, Montana. Morning, Wallace. Did he bother with you early in the morning, huh? No. It's a good day. I'm not going to let anything ruin it. Ooh, them damn short handle holes. Yeah, I used a few of those myself. Oh, oh. Yeah, amigo. How do you use this? Yeah, I'll hold it for you. Thank you. Yeah, chino de tiempo since I felt this good. Uh -huh. My daughter's coming today. Nikita. Oh, man, today is going to be such a good day for you. <laughs> yeah. Your daughter can be so proud of you. Uh -huh. Now this is what they call the danger plan. Vegeta! Vegeta! Bitch, motherfucker, think you can blow up my brother? Uh-uh. You can go join your maker now. Oh, it falls. The flow is here. Don't forget to stop. Damn! What damn? struggle and um you see it right off the bat i mean that shit just gets i mean water from uh, the toilets being stopped up you know just to create a bunch of uh, havoc and then fucking burning mattresses and all types of shit like motherfuckers are ready to go to war man if like if the top top guy 
and one of the one of these prisons actually goes down like that's the kind of war that's gonna like you yep. know be set off it's a vacuum it's a it's a fucking vacuum right you know what i mean yeah. so in real fast this movie's the fucking tits man it's like your 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 freaking uh godfather crime boss like capo kind of shit but you're seeing the street level stuff you're seeing the fucking soldier work and that's all this is it's soldier work with a few of the guys for territory and it's you're not meeting the the main uppers you know this is everyday life of everybody else who was just living the life and trying to survive and it's crazy <laughs> it really is yeah, it gets real nuts real fast. And um, I always wondered how they got these kites around, you know, to uh, to these different prisons. Um, I mean, especially like so fast, like something like this. I wonder if that even makes sense, you know, like because he literally well, leaves. Phone calls. Well, no, but I mean, him, he had the comb and he had the kite. I mean, the paper, you know, like that was like. Yeah, well, I think you were from different prisons. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm not too familiar. I just know that people used to put things in balloons and sneak that in their anus, and that's about as far as I go. <laughs> I saw some. I saw a dude on Rogan recently, a white dude. Similar situation. To this right, he's a white dude. He's a fighter. Uh, he's a UFC fighter. If I remember, I might have this wrong or right. I don't know, but anyway, he said. When he was in there, because he didn't want to run with, he was another, you know, he, you know, as far as the card he chose. But, you know, when he was in, in, in when he was in the Pinta, you know, and with all the cells next to each other, they would shoot little fish hooks. That's what they called it, at least, right? Little lines with the kite on it, you know, with the little. Like underneath the doors, like underneath the cell doors on a line, and you just shoot shit yeah. between the little pods or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was just grabbed and shoot him back. Like, and it, <laughs> hold it back up, shoot it to the next man, and like so they, you know, what I mean, because that's how they got messages around. You know what I mean? Yeah, they show it in American Me. You know, they got the really long sock and they're like dangling it. You know, and it goes from like cell to cell, like that way when they're passing the wire. Like we know that's yeah. another way. Yeah, I was always wondering on yeah prison to prison, like because I mean you know they're in uh, San Quentin. You know they're down in Delano. You know, like, cause there's, you know, there's messages being passed from prison to prison. Well, well, think about this: if you're, look at, look at how corrupt it is, just in the outside world. In the inside world, it's super corrupted. Oh Even yeah, more so. So, like, literal phone calls are being made. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, you know, saying names like, "Yo, this guy, this guy, this guy." You know what I'm saying? Pass yep. them around. You know what I mean? So we got a couple more scenes here that we're going to break down before we get out of here. This one is uh, is pretty much right after, you know, uh, right after the Montana, uh, right after Montana goes down and it's Paco trying to get involved. Who the fuck are you to come here like this? But that is not your fucking business. You got to listen to me, Miklo. Bonafide says somebody counterfeited his comb and put a phony message in it to hit Montana. The PGA didn't do it. That's bullshit. We know the fucking BGA killed him. Yeah? Well, the administration doesn't think so. But what if they're right? You want to be responsible for starting a fucking war against the wrong people? Huh? Listen, man, I know you hate me. I shot your leg off, and that's something I'm going to have to live with for the rest of my life. But you're still my blood. 
And I'm not gonna stand here and watch you destroy yourself. What an asshole. I shot your you leg off and I have to live with you that. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> right. I'm not gonna watch you destroy your life after you already destroyed it. He's got all the firepower he needs and he ain't afraid to use it, believe me. You want that? Oh, you're the man now, aren't you? Montana left you in charge, right? Be a real leader, man. Protect your people. Meet with Bonafide. What do you got to lose? You're a fucking pig, SA. <laughs> I'll meet him in the yard. One lieutenant each. No guards around. FTP, fuck that puto. Yeah. I swear to you, it wasn't the BGA. Montana was a stand-up dude. We were set up. That old man was no jive-ass punk. He was hardcore BGA. That's right. That's why it don't make no sense. I take out Montana with my own man. It's suicide. Now, you do what you want to do. But think about this. Who you think has the game if BGA and on the wall? A fucking AV. I feel oh, like Sam Jackson would play that role better. Did they step in and take <laughs> over everything? We go back to being slaves. The Aviers. They're the only ones who could have gotten Montana's root from the white guard, right? I work with Lightning in the woodshop. He gets my comb. He counterfeits it. He sends it to Wallace. It's possible. Now Was that the guy from Garden 60 Seconds? Sitting in the front row it is, yeah. Yes! Then he's so the Sam Jackson other guy. He's a Sam Jackson wannabe. We do to them what they trying to do to us. <laughs> Eleanor, tell you that. <laughs> watch magnifying glass right now. So for the next six months, we'll practice a good neighbor policy. See, for the next six months, everything's in so big chunks of time. Enjoy Yeah. And we'll celebrate a big Mexican holiday together. Now, which one are you talking about? Dia de los Muertos. That means what now? Day of the Dead. Mm, Halloween. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. What do you mean? In six months. I mean, just shaking hands. We got a truce. We won't congratulate ourselves too soon. We'll wait and see. This is really big, Marcellus. Yeah, Marcellus. <laughs> I don't trust that dude. No, no, no. This boy's in way over his head. He ain't got no choice but to go with us right now. We helped him take out the aviers. We're making the Mayate stronger. It's okay, Carnal. When you expect nothing and you get everything, we're making that's the destiny. <laughs> the PGA wants to help us take out the aviers. All right. We'll throw a little white meat to the dogs. Then we'll rob the house. That's fucked up, man. It couldn't just be honor. I guess there is no honor. There really isn't. Yeah. Gracias, carnal. You were right. You did the right thing. Hours ago. Hours ago. Tell your mom I love her, okay? Okay. Yeah. What happens to men when you don't give them pussy? Or drugs. Yeah. They just go. 
Like, you know what? Like, we're going to fuck all each other and fuck all each other. But, uh, I mean, you see it right there, just how, how calculated Miklo is, you know, with all this. And, um, I mean, th- there's no spoilers. Like, Miklo's the one who sent the comb. You know, he, like, set this all, like, into play. And it was really, like, now he's he's already past being accepted. Now he wants ultimate power is really, like, what he wants at this point. And he, this is the only way for him to get it, for him to be the, in the number one seat now. The one A. The one A. And, uh, yeah. So the fake truth. One essay. The fake. <laughs> that was some of my best work. <laughs> Hold on. Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> so the fake truce is uh, is what happened here. And um, yeah, Miklo just real calculated. Like we're, we're seeing it. I mean, I've been saying it throughout this pod. Miklo, he, he's smart. Might be a little bit too smart uh, for his own good. And um, here, here's the, the, the cut scene is uh, Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead, which is, like Bogard said, Halloween. There's a lot of people who may not even known that this existed until this movie. On the other end of California, strapping up with the phone book. Right? Ready for war! 
Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, for those who don't know, uh, the phone books. I mean that that's pretty much like your that's your body armor. The armor. Yep. I mean, because uh, normally, uh, well, at least you hope those knives aren't going to stab all the way through. Yeah, because uh, the well, they're, they're not really knives; they're more shanks, like right. Exactly. Yeah, they're not real knives. And so um, the reason why I needed to throw the first part in there, because most of the stuff that we followed throughout this whole movie was Miklo. But um, I mean, one of the sad parts in here, which they always throw in, they throw in an American me as well, is uh, a little kid, you know, dying from shooting up or something like that. They always throw that in there because and any young kid watching that needs to realize some shit like this can happen. And like, yeah, you're a bystander in the whole shit. And it just happens, man. And, you know, plenty of stories, plenty of. You know, yeah, young young guys that I know that didn't make it all the way. You know, it just happens. Yeah, Not even joking. Like, lived on a street where gangs were galore. I couldn't go to the corner store, you know, without my sister or my parents or something. Like that was just the way it was. So weird. But. Okay, right, I'm gonna get the. And who even know, who even knows what? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it was a little bit earlier in the movie where Juanito, that's uh, Cruz and uh, and Paco's like little brother, Paco's half brother, and um, you don't really, you just know that uh, he he's hanging around Cruz's house. He sees them like shooting up and shit. He sees uh, um, Chewie shooting up, and then they both pass out. You know, they nod off, and then he comes in, takes a drag of the cigarette, sees the needle. And then the next thing you know is like we see the cutscene to him just, just being out on the floor. You know, there's no coming back, and um, that pretty much made Cruz like nobody wanted him around. Like after that, like you killed our little brother, you killed our son, and like the real black sheep of the family. And that scene was after however many years of like hatred towards each other, they finally reconciled. That was a long fucking time. A lot of fucking years. Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of time passed. And uh, I cut it right before the entire war, like uh, takes off, because man, it, it gets it gets pretty gruesome in there, and um, it, it just it just gets nuts. They they take out all the the aviers, all the white dudes, the Aryans, the KKK, whatever you want to call them, and then immediately after that, um, La Onda, they turn on the the BGA, they take out all them. So it's like in two swoops. Like two gangs get like taken out all at, all at once. All the head honchos. Yeah, that shit was crazy, bro. And um, I guess I should have had the part where uh, where he like he just rolls back, like uh, just like on his cot or whatever on his bunk, and um, you just see this look in his eyes. Like I don't really know what it is, but it's like just a cold, calculated like uh, like look. Like he's he's playing puppet because this is what he would want, what he wanted, right? Yeah. I mean, he got the ultimate respect. You know, he is the black sheep 
you know, the inverse, the white sheep, I guess you could say, right? <laughs> like the inverse, like he's the one, he's the novelty, uh, not even the novelty. I can't even think of a word, man. He's like the unicorn of it. There it is. He wanted to be the unicorn of the whole thing because he was never accepted. And this is where he's just at the top of the food chain now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the thing that's crazy, like about this movie, like one of the reasons why I really like it is the dialogue throughout this, like how real, you know, it makes everything seem. And um, just, just coming to the end of this, there's a couple scenes that I couldn't even take out because it's like, I would almost do like an injustice to the movie to like not show these scenes. Cause they're probably three of the best scenes in the entire movie. They just happen to be in the final, like 15 minutes, like of the movie. And so here we go. When, uh, when Miklo and Paco, when uh, they have a little face to face after all of this, cause Miklo pretty much used Paco to, uh, to his advantage. He got back. This was the long con that he was talking about. And, long, uh, man. Yep, it was the long game, and it finally came to fruition, and now they come face to face. You used me. I tried to save your life, and you used me to set up the BGA. They would have come after us if we hadn't got them first. I did what I had to for my brothers to survive. Your brothers? And what am I, Miklo? Man, you grew up with me. You slept in my room. You wore my fucking clothes. Motherfucker, you shot me. But you use your own flesh and blood to help massacre all those people. I didn't want to hurt you, Paco. And here you use what you've got. Without your help, a lot of carnales would have died. Don't you thank me. I hate what you did. I hate what you stand for. No, Paquito. For a long time, I hated you. I blamed you for everything. Oh. But then I realized something that changed my life. Everything you did, even shooting my leg off, forced me into my destiny, made me discover myself, find my real family, my home, here. Inside these walls, I found a He's a J-Cat. Yeah. You got no fucking idea what La Raza means. It's about our people out there working, surviving with pride and dignity. That's Raza. Not lying and murdering. All you got is your white father's hate. Mm. Still hung up on my fluorescent skin, Vato? Hmm? He wasn't my real father. Montana was... He taught me about respect. You gotta be willing to die for it. Like you. Like you not deserting me after the car crash at Alpino. That was real respect for a brother. Mm. And I always love you for a carnal. Miklo, it's not about drive-bys and gang fights anymore. It's Let's about- Let's stop fighting, carnal. We're family. We should help each other and not cut each other's throats. brothers again just because you're a cop and i'm a con doesn't mean we can't cooperate sounds like a snitch yeah i can give you tips from inside that can really help you out on the street oh right you 
got a lot of power out there, man. Your guidance. He, he really is trying to guy. turn him to the other side. Yeah. What are you asking me? To be a member of your gang? Are you out of your yeah, fucking yeah. mind? Do you remember how we took out Spider for cruising? Together, Buckle. We're unbeatable. Your Honda's not my Honda. And it never will be. Paco! I'll always be your brother, Vato Loco. Never. Those locos forever. Yes, <laughs> So I mean, it just gets it gets real deep there because uh, you know you get you get a lot of psychology behind just the way that Miklo thinks, and I mean, you know, like to him that was home, you know, and that's not the way that everyone thinks, but like there's there's guys in the pen who like they literally do not want to go home even if they have the shot because like they're they're just kings in there. It's just a different type of life, and once you get used to that life, if you're really on top, no matter what life you're living, you don't want to go anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, imagine for like, you know, just, let's just ballpark. I mean, I'm, I don't know these numbers, but like the average like male in America, maybe 50 years old living, right? So it's like if you go in at 20 and you're in there for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, and then you get out and get back in there, you know what I'm saying? This is just what they're probably accustomed to, you know, prefer even, you know what I mean? I mean, I've only gone to like regular jail and been there for like four months, seven months here and there. And I mean, you you just get real accustomed to the way that you have to live because it's so different than uh, than real life. It's re it's really a different, way different type of life. Yeah, bro. And so, yeah, Miklo trying to get Paco to uh, well, like you said, join his gang. You know, and really, he's just I mean, Miklo's trying to do whatever he can do. He know he knows that he's not gonna jump ship. He knows that he's not going to be able to get anything from him, but uh, he's shooting his shot. Got to do it. Hell yeah. Miklo, it's like uh, the Weddle friends that I had, they're like, oh, man, Miklo. I was like, oh, yeah, man, you know, like that guy was, yeah, He, you could argue that he's definitely the main character of the movie. You know, they follow a lot of his action. And stuff that you know revolves around him, and like I mentioned earlier, it's because it's kind of bridging the the Anglo folks with the Mexican heritage and trying to put them in that that position in those shoes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But like to bring them into that a little bit and to have them feel the same, like you know, maybe put yourself there and be like, this is what this is like here, you know, going on. This is what's happening right now. It's wild. <laughs> And it probably helped a lot of like white people kind of like identify with like Miklo because they, of course, they would be the outsider, you know, coming into any type of um, any type of other culture, you know, besides theirs. I got two other scenes here that we're gonna it's check. A out. Big, it was a real big bridge movie in in a lot of regards because it was uh, it was like a little underground. It like you said, it didn't like do well. It kind of flopped at the box office, but it was like an underground cult classic that got passed around. So if you were down with your, your Mexican homies and you saw that, you know, a little more new, newfound respect with the Rasa, yeah, for sure. 
and, and then and then vice versa. Like if you're not and you were a little out of touch and like, oh man, I moved to the suburbs and I'm over here now. Like it helped you reconnect with your primos and shit. Like you know, back where you're, you know, barring chanclas and riding fucking bicycles. Like you know, like hood stuff. You know, <laughs> where I came from. You know, little hood stuff that where I came from. And it's, it's crazy. That's the way it was, man. That's the way life was. I just want wasn't to say easy. all those things. <laughs> wasn't easy. Yeah, we, wasn't... we gotta get uh yeah, we gotta get all the Bogart drops of all the, the blood in blood albums. <laughs> I know the best dude. I'm turning all of these into t-shirt things. Yeah. <laughs> I did the taco the taco bear a couple a while back, but it's called technically it's called por la raza. I'm just gonna put that on there instead of Taco Bear. Nice. <laughs> All right, so here's where Miklo's storyline comes to the end, um, at least in the movie. And uh, yeah, really epic scene. This will probably be our last meeting together, Carnales. They're trying to break Onda up. Do you know what? They're only helping us grow. They're using the interstate compact to exchange each of you who's from out of state for cons from Califas. So, Chivo, they're sending you back to Arizona. Hey, man, we can't do nothing about it. You gotta go. But at least you'll be back to your mom, man. She needs anything, let me know. Take care of her. animal goes back to Texas. You straighten your son out, okay, no? Simon. They're trying to break up La Onda. But we're gonna turn it on them. And you know how we're gonna do that? Each of you is gonna establish your own chapters. Lamonda has fifteen thousand dollars for each of you, so you can start things out strong. We're gonna spread La Onda gospel, Billy Graham style. Yes, <laughs> get on, homie. That middle metal had a dream. We are that dream. We're gonna multiply in numbers undreamed of. And every pinta, every barrio, every southwestern state. La Onda has a destiny. And no one can stop us. They literally like foreshadow what like really Somos familia. Yeah. Yes, sir. I was gonna say like this should happen in real life, man. Where am I? Viva la onda. Tocale carnal, ponle. There's always a white dude behind us. Ain't gonna lie. Yeah. What about me, carnal? Where do I go? Stay with me, carnal. The eyes behind my back. God, the leg I don't have. He was from LA though he originally. He was just puntos like spider. Yeah. yeah that's Here's right. where everything comes full circle. You ordered me to destroy this mold. But I kept it. He's looking over his shoulder like at the wall. From you. At least that's what it looked like. Now I want you to destroy it. 
Bonafide's comb. I loved him. We both loved him. But we did what we had to do for Onda. You were right. When he said I loved him, I, I wonder if he meant like on different levels. Well, you heard him. I mean, I, I, I believed it when he said Montana was my father. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like on different levels, like mentor type shit too. Yeah. Someone who actually leveled with him and respected him. Because that's what he wanted. You know what I mean? Montana, he, he laced him up with a bunch of game. Yeah, but I'm, I'm always talking about bona fide too. Like bona fide learning to respect him. You know yeah. <laughs> And that's the moment right there. You see it on his face. Un desmadre. Let's see, I hit one. Because I hit him right there. You see him now, he starts like doing it even faster. Like, he realizes he is number one. The honcho. He's the jefe. And that's big time. All he wanted to do was like you know, really be accepted. And now, like, now he runs it all. He ain't ready for that. <laughs> I mean, man, like, this. <coughs> the wetero. But you know what, though? Listen, that's also one crazy. of those downer kind of fucking things. Like, hey, man, no, we don't come out on the top. It's sands in a crab bucket. We're all pulling each other down. Yeah. These guys, for the whole theme of the movie, the Tres Puntos have been fighting with the Vatos Locos. But none of those guys are fighting against the cops. None of them are fighting against the uh, the system. They're not fighting against the other guys Mexicano. around there. It's just Mexicano versus Mexicano. And they don't get out of their little onda. They don't. It's all about that little click. And they don't think bigger. And they don't they don't grow out of that little shell. They just hold each other down. And that's the Chicano lifestyle. That's what it's all about. We want to see somebody succeed. Fuck no. We're going to pull that bitch down with us. That motherfucker doesn't deserve to succeed. Bring him down. He sucks. Oh, his mom was a drunk. And his, you just start pulling shit out, bro. And it's like, we don't want to see him succeed. And that's, unfortunately, that's the Chicano lifestyle, bro. And that's why we'll never get nowhere. <laughs> Unless you're a soccer star or a baseball star. Or from you know whatever, but you're not a Chicano, trust me, because you're not from the Dominican and you're not from Argentina. You know, and you're, you're just you know mestizo, Mexican American, bro. And we're all five nine and one hundred and seventy. <laughs> Average as <is> hell. <laughs> all right, we got one final scene, the scene that always. Uh... The scene that you got to stick around to watch at the end of the movie because it really is like one of the best scenes in the movie and it's all about the dialogue. Here we go. What are we doing here? 1984 now. Come on, man. Hey, you got me out of bed to come down here. I think you lost more than your hair. <laughs> Don't believe all that shit you hear about Samson and say, I'm just stripping myself down to the bone, home. Yeah, what if I said I wouldn't come? Shit, I knew you would come. Shit, watcha? Come look at yourself in the mirror, say. 
It's not all marked up, man. Epic. It's a sign of respect. Sign of respect, For dude. 10 years, man, I've been star trekking in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Thought if I came and looked at this, I might find my way back, you know? Damn, we were all innocent, eh? It's all gone, Crucito. It ain't like that anymore. What, not even a little... Motherfuckers were not innocent. Oh, shit. What, you we all grew up. Brotherhood up like a shot of tequila? You just drink it down, it burns, makes you feel good, yeah. And then you're left with the hangover the rest of your life. Look, man, you showed me your mural. That's so crazy. Artist, you think you're the best. I got hangovers every day because I live my life. Just wear sunglasses don't mean you're blind, I say. Oh, you want to know what I see up there? A fantasy, man. A dream. Three vatos looking for something that wasn't there. Loco, we stood that's by each other. That's still him trying to trust each other. Orale, that's worth believing in. Shit, we were yeah, familiar, Holmes. You never again, Crucito. Miklo and I are finished, man. Crucito. He ain't my family. I hate that fucking puto. You gotta scrape that his ass off the wall like dirt. Up, dude. He's he's like, like, shit, man, I wanna knock his ass out. Between you and him, you're still family. You got the same I blood. I respect that because that was part of his... That's a bond you can never That was his fucking yin to his yank, bruh. He's still just trying to be like you. Simone said, come on. still trying to be like El you. Negro, the no. no, that ain't me. Not anymore. No, you're wrong. That's you and that's the way everybody sees you. Oh, so what? What are you saying? Like it's all my left. fault the way everything turned out? Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to compartmentalize it. Yeah. He was not he trying to take no blame. Tell me he didn't just make like detective or whatever it was. Like he he, he got a promotion on like you know what I mean? Like he's snitching on snitching, basically. I think he got all the way where he got by snitching. What you think you got so much fucking power, eh? Control everybody's destiny? Chale. Mmm, fuck that. No, you're right, man. I set Miklo up. I made him go after Spider. I mean, I started the whole fucking thing. Relax. I need exactly. I need an NBC time daytime drama job. Miklo wouldn't be in prison. He'd still have his leg. Hey, I forgive you, Asante. You don't want your forgiveness, man. That's your fucking problem, Asante. You. I still identify with Miklo the most, honestly, like personal wise. You need that guilt. It's what Wise keeps man. you going. Hey, I know, bro. I fed mine through a needle for 10 years. Damn. And that widow up there hating his own fucking white skin? <laughs> Shit, he's got it worse than both of us. Right. Gotta cut it yeah, loose, I live that shit. It sucks. I still have emotional scars from being white boy that's who we are <laughs> horrible man trying to survive in a fucking it's war zone it's what i know now bro is that i need my familia to do it we all do even you pinche jura badass <laughs> you don't back away vato Life's a risk, hey, Arnaz. Remember, you so said it yourself. Sorale, step into the ring and throw down, is eh? You a badass? Take care of business. Classic huh? lines in there, right there. Life's a risk, Arnaz. Because we're from East North, is eh? We come out chased by how? Huh? 
Round and round we go, wearing a pinche rabbit's foot for luck, just ahead of the fucking hounds. Q all. He's always been the smooth talker. Pero sabes que ese. Hey. We got something better than a rabbit's foot, huh? No llores, pendejo. Raza, wey. You know what I'm saying, mister? Crees mucho, gallo negro. You may be bad, but you can't dance like smooth cruise. Oh, jeez. I remember you, vato. Gallo negro, vato. I'm a lover, not a fighter, man. Oh, jeez. You know, el merengue, the tender trap 72. Rucas got their hearts closed. And I kick your ass. Yeah, I'm kidding, man. I'm freaking hot to have faces, vato. Shit, you still can't dance, eh? You still can't dance, you can't look old. Yeah, but you can learn to say, I'll teach you, Simon, because it ain't ever over home. And look, it's all one shot, isn't it? Yes, it is. I love the show. Way before it's closed. I'll be changing under the bridge. It makes me wonder how did they do that shot? You know? Yeah. That'd be a helicopter, right? I mean, I mean, it was 93, so you could see the eye at this point. Since 91, there was mad CGI. Like, real deal CGI, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, my mom actually worked for a company, Silicon Graphics, if y'all want to look at that up. You know what I'm saying? And fucking mad computer graphics. But yes, they definitely came from the location they was at, panned out, and drew it out under the bridge and out and then showed East LA. That was a great shot right there. Oh, yeah. From under the bridge and all the way seeing the whole city and mm -hmm. yeah, I mean the, the whole credits. I mean that that's all they're doing is showing different parts of yeah. the uh, of the city. So I mean it's it's pretty dope how they're at least showing it off. And we always like to rate it at the end of the movie. I mean, um, I, I mean if we're rating this on a THC uh, level like we did, I mean, man, this is like a forty-two percenter. No, I'll, give it a 40, I'll give it a forty-three percenter. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. This is one of those rare ones, man. I want to see what that five-hour movie cut really looks like because it's crazy to think that in that original cut, Miklo's kind of just like a subplot within the movie. I do love how Miklo is the quintessential... Um, like, when you watch Miklo in the joint, you see the transition of him being the quintessential like this is how we're supposed to this is how we're supposed to talk essay hey he has a little right but once he gets deeper into like towards the end of the movie and it's like it's ingrained in him it doesn't sound like this is an accent he's trying to fake you know what i mean right he's just he's speaking 
as in like this is really him. like when he's talking to Paco, the la their last interaction, you know what I mean? Like he's full on Vato, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean, if there was any shadow of a doubt, you know what I mean? Because this is what he wanted to accomplish, though, right? Yeah. From the beginning, he wanted to be a big jefe. You know what I mean? And he, he ended up getting there. And uh, it's crazy. And, my leg. And, and a family. And as much dirt as he's done, he's still a better man than Paco. Like, Yeah, Paco's a rat, bro. He's a, he's a bastard, man. <laughs> and even in the end, he did not want to, he did not want to own up to shit, man. He was just like, man. You know what I see up there, eh? You know what I mean? He was like, man, fuck that shit. You know what I mean? Because he didn't want to. And maybe if you did want to, like, go down a Bogart rabbit hole, the psyche of him is like he lived a life where he couldn't do anything he didn't want to do. He broke his wrist. He would have been one of the best boxers, right? Yeah, he's already a legend in the making. Broke his wrist. There, then all he was was like, a, like a myth. Like, oh, was legend has it. He would have been, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then his his pop, his step pop L's puts him on a route to being a marine, which eventually puts him on a route to being a police officer. And then his his the what he what his Step pops didn't want him to become, and any parent in that situation, right? Also, what they didn't want him to become, he he fought against that. But it just so happened that that was his family was the one that was like, you know what I mean? Like, well, you said it that he was like, um, that that Mikla was like the yin to his yang. And yes. it's crazy because like in the beginning of the movie, it's still a little yin and yang. You know, Paco's the one who's the, I mean, looks like the hardcore banger, you know, at the time, you know, the one who's uh, getting the troops rallied and shit, you know, at least amongst their little crew, you know, out there. And then uh, all the way at the end, I mean, definitely a yin and a yang where Paco's the straight edge, you know, Miklo, he's in the Pinta, you know, controlling all the troops. Um, and it's crazy how like, Miklo almost made it to where Paco was about to be like Miklo and go down that life. Like if, yeah. if Paco would have shot Spider, I, I think Paco would have went down that same exact life had Miklo not stopped him. I do want to point out something earlier that we did show this clip where it was like Miklo understood early. Or I was like, man, I could talk to these polices, bro. And then like, because I the way I look, <laughs> you know what I mean? So he figured out early, you know what I mean, where he can maneuver into this world. And when he, once he got behind the walls and he understood that, like, he could play as many sides of the field as he could. You know what I mean? Yeah. Until it all caught up with him. He did it. You know what I mean? I mean, shit, as far as we know, it didn't catch up to him. As far as we know, like, playing both sides of these different coins, like, just pretty much worked out. The entire way for, I mean, you know, not the way that a normal person would want to live their life, but for him to make it to the number one spot, to be El Jefe, I mean, every everything worked out for him. Oh, yeah. 
All right. Well, man, we've been rocking. It's almost been three and a half hours, almost as long <laughs> as the movie. And we didn't even play the entire movie. We just played scenes <laughs> and then talked about it. But uh, <laughs> this is a long movie and this is a fucking awesome movie. So, yeah, we definitely had to talk about it for a long time. And even though Peacock's got his backyard barbecue going on over there, he's still joined in. And uh, I don't even know if he can hear me. Hey, that was really dope, too. We're like having, having the fucking. Uh... Having the, uh, the carnales, the carnal, the carnalitos <laughs> in the background, bro, like contributing to this episode. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. It's definitely like that's the Chicano lifestyle, like right there. Can't even uh, avoid the backyard barbecue to do the podcast. It's like, got to just do the podcast in the backyard barbecue. <laughs> right? With all the drinks flowing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, if uh, if Peacock hears us. Uh, give us a little shout out on the way out. But uh, if not, we're going to get it the hell up out of here. I'm not sure what movie we're going to do next, but we've gotten a few requests. Uh, we may have to jump into so, uh, maybe a 420 movie. Uh, we've had some requests to go down that rabbit hole as well. But uh, we're going to have to figure that out. But um, if you haven't. I love to do Cheech and Chong. So like, like we can even like hit several birds in the stone. You know what I mean? I, I think we could do Cheech and Chong next movie. Because we can do, we, we don't have to do a specific one. We can do like hella Cheat and Chong movies and get hella clips from different ones. You know what I, mean? I mean, we could, but you know that next movie deserves like yeah, the time of like us doing an actual show on it. That was part of me and you were like, oh yeah, I fuck with him. Because when it was like, <laughs> what's your favorite Cheat and Chong? You're like, next movie. I'm like, right. Because <laughs> that's yeah. one. Yeah, so that, that might be the next one uh, that we do, and then we get to break into the 420 uh, category a little bit. But just a reminder, I said it earlier, but if you haven't, go uh, to ssbpod.com, go subscribe. Uh, in the link in the description, there's a link where you can actually support the podcast and uh, become a sponsor of the podcast. So click that link and uh, get a donation in because we really appreciate it. We're going to get this bigger and uh, better. And uh, eventually more often as well. Yeah. And everybody, check out my man Peacock on his website. It's right there if y'all can see it. And hey. Oh, shit. Hey, my, my man. Both of y'all are the dopest shit, the biggest hustlers. I love y'all to fucking death. Obviously, Alex does his thing. He sets up his thing. I'm ready to roll. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I told you I'm real bad. Once I miss a text... And then it goes into like a file. I don't respond because I'm I'm horrible with that. So I'm so sorry. But I did see it, and I'm done. I'm down for your best ball league. So don't worry about me. I'm I'm locked in, bro. Still drafting. We're still drafting. I'm a degenerate, like y'all motherfuckers, man. I'm degenerate. <laughs> I love. Me the just reminds us, like, listen, I got this. He hit me he like vampire leagues you want to be what I'm, like, I'm craving. I'm like an addict, bro. I'm like, I need, I, you got any more of them fantasy leagues, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Give them here. <laughs> but no, it's great. I have so much fun drafting with y'all. Bogart's a trade fanatic. It's it's the best, honestly. Like, it's so cool. Honestly, we're not even in season, and this shit is so much fun. Uh, it's so much fun, and I'm like, I'm I'm paying to be in that kind of fun. That is that is great. That's that's what it's all about, man. Draft season and doing things. Everybody on YouTube can see it, but for everybody that's gonna hear this on the podcast format, let them know the website, bro, for the merch and all the joints. 
yeah, that's why I jumped back in. I'm sorry. I know I was letting y'all handle the blood in, blood out, like, you know, because I'll drag things on and just talk about little intricacies about the movie, but, you know, handle it like pros, fucking great movie. But yeah, check out the website right there, neonpeacock.threadless.com. The sale's going on all the way to this Friday. I had great success. A lot of my friends jumped in and bought like two, three shirts each. And, uh, you know, I make minimal money off of it, especially when a sale's going on. I don't really, but the fact that people are wearing my stuff and they could put like my name on a crest or they like a design or they would just want to show it. And somebody's like, Hey man, that's a cool shirt. Where'd you get it? And they can tell them where they got it. My homeboy did this. He designed this. So go check that out. It doesn't have to be a t-shirt. You can, you can buy an art print for 12 bucks. Uh, you can get framed yes. and, and like and glass for 40 or what? Like there's different levels of where you want to go. You want a rug, you want to throw pillow, you want a tapestry, you want a blanket, you want a shower curtain. That's all there on my website. It's neonpeacock.threadless.com. It's right there. And Bogart is coming up with all the great my life mantra sayings. And I'm putting those into reality. He says the words. I see the fonts. And then I throw it all together. And there's subtle little things going on in the background. Little mushrooms, little clouds, little things that you like. Oh, you look into the, the design and you're like, damn, that's so dope. So go get yourself right now. Go get yourself one right now when they're 15 bucks instead of 22 $23. Because all it's it's long sleeves, it's tank tops. Go check out the website. See what you like. Um, it'd be a great help to me. Just promote my artwork. And if not, share it with your friends. Because that's what we're all about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love you guys. Thank you so much for giving me the platform to share. Honestly, I love what Hustler's doing with his leg uh with stacking bricks. Uh, yeah. My nine year old son is like, uh, has he put any more videos? It's like not today, son. Like it's <laughs> he's like, so he's like, he's like, who's your friend? Like, is he gonna build some more Legos? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, he's super he's involved. He's like, you know, he's ready. He has his own internet watch and uh, he, he's ready to go, man. He's ready to go. So he loves that channel. I like it. Appreciate it. Yeah, we got a lot of things going on here. Like I like doing all the content. Fantasy football's been fun. These movie podcasts have uh, have been real fun. So what have we done so far? We've done Pulp Fiction. We've done Jackie Brown. Uh, we did draft day for the NFL draft and for uh, fantasy. Draft. I was on Pulp Fiction, so thank you for having me on that one. I know I was off my rocker, but it, there was a lot of us on that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get up out of here. Anything else, Bogey, before we get up out of here? The Earth is my turf universe. Give me money. Orale. Tres putos como At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.